What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Flip Flop Guy podcast. I'm Andy Mokel, and I'll be your host. Our goal is to have epic conversations with people from all walks of life. There are no talking points that are off the table. It's going to get wild. We hope our guests inspire and motivate you to walk with purpose as we trudge the road of human existence. Enjoy the show. I mean, we can start in so many different ways. How do you want to start? However you want to start. However you want to start. I don't know. I just showed up and you were supposed to ask me a question. Is this like, no, you hang up? Yeah, no, you hang up. No, you hang up. All right, no, Ben. We're, well, yeah, we're sitting. Fire away. We're sitting in Todd's garage. Yeah. And uh, you got a pack list in front of you. I do. I made it today. And it's an itemized pack list of everything that goes into your pack when you're getting ready for a hunting trip. Yeah, I pretty much packed it to be ready if, if I had to walk out of the office tomorrow and hit a trailhead. It was ready to ready to go. How much is your overall weight? Um, without food, I'm at 43 pounds, 10 ounces. And with food, if you added food to that? Oh, I don't know. I'd have to, I'd have to put it together and weigh it. You'd have to figure it out? Yeah. What do you normally pack for food for yourself? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing good. Uh-huh. I mean, I'm not, You're not going clean. Health, yeah. health thing or anything. I pretty much just kind of focus on what I would eat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pop-tarts. Fruit cups, yeah, cliff bars. That's like what Todd does. Bagels and yeah, yeah, yeah. We're sharing the same knife as we're making the sandwiches. Yeah, yeah. right. Getting ready for the season. Yeah. Uh, do you do mountain house or you do do you do freeze dried food? Unfortunately, yeah, mountain house. Have you tried Peak Refuel at all? Mm-mm. No. What's is that? A new one? Yeah, it's a new company, but they're like heavy protein. Like each meal is like forty to fifty grams of protein. I just I'm never hungry enough to eat. <clears throat> I totally can relate to that. Yeah, just get back to camp and fuck. I'll just lay down. Right. Figure out what am I gonna eat. Do you ever preheat your food when you're going out? Preheat? Yeah. Like microwave. Don't <laughs> 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 even preheat. Like so for me, if I if I'm in camp, yeah, and I don't want to deal with shit in the morning, I'll just set my food up the night before. And let it soak all night. It'll be cold when I eat it, but oh. I'll have breakfast ready when I roll out of bed. No, I normally, I don't do that. <laughs> I just... <laughs> oatmeal, once we get to a glassing spot, it's normally breakfast. Really? Why oatmeal? Because um, it's, it's warm. More normally cold. <laughs> just fill it up with cold water and eat it. Yeah. So you don't even heat up the water? No. Oh, Okay. Yeah, that's a lot of extra effort. <laughs> I gotta get it. You know, we've already put our shit in our pack. You get up to the spot, you start glassing, and you're hungry, but you're like, "Fuck, it's the best time to glass." Yeah, I don't want to take too much time off of my water and getting my oatmeal in my cup. Yeah, what kind of glass are you running? Uh, Swarovski fifteen by fifty six. So, do you run all Swarov? Do you have a Swarov spotter too, or no, no? no. I've got a Vortex spotter, but I barely take it. Uh huh. Now that I started running 15s on the tripod, how is that running 15s on a tripod? Oh god! If you're not doing it, you're stupid. Really? Yeah. God, I feel stupid. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's it's the best setup uh-huh. that you can have. I spent one year. I packed into Nevada and I brought my 15s. I had like Vortex Viper HD 15s, and then I brought 
uh, my Vortex spotter. And I was like, why did I bring all this glass? It was too much. Yeah. It was no, too I, much. I, and I, half the time I was using my 15s. One time 15s and the spotting scope. And that was the hunt. I was like, why am I carrying both of these? So do you run your 15s in your chest harness? Yeah. You do? I mean, they get pretty shaky when things are close. But yeah. Kind of set them on a tracking pole. Throw or your bow between your legs and set them on top. Yeah. Get them stable enough to see. But... I mean, it's not like you're going to carry 10s and 15s. Yeah. Either. So. I mean, 12s would be nice. I could do 12s. 12s in the spotter? It's just the 15s are nice when you're hunting, like, big country. Yeah. And then you see a ways. Big country. What would you can? You Would you consider any California country big country? Yeah. Depending big on country. where you are? Yeah, where you can sit and look, see a lot. Yeah. Not, not a bunch of patch of timber or <clears throat> small canyons, but yeah. large canyons where you can glass. For sure. So, Ben, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast. Yeah, I'm, thanks for having me. I'm pretty excited. This is a little bit different this time. Yeah. You know, the first time it was both you and Todd. That would, that, those are fun. Double teaming. Yeah. Which we're going to have to do one of those. Yeah. You're going to have to get both of you guys together to talk about Alaska. Oh, God. And how you guys set that up. Oh yeah, break it be, down. We'll expose everything. We'll tell everybody yeah. how to do oh, it. Be fun to talk about travel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Traveling, God, that's half the struggle. Yeah, sleep. But you slept on a boat on that trip, right? Yeah. How was that? It was fun. It was do fun. you get Do you get seasick? I never have. I yeah. thought maybe laying in a bunk bed in the cabin I would, but mm-hmm. uh, no. I just got hot every night. I slept next to the engine room. Oh really? <laughs> Fucking drenched in sweat every night. That sucks. Yeah. That's terrible. So, you work in the hunting industry. Yeah. Right? What has that been like for you being on the inside of things? Oh, I don't know. I mean, it's fun to work with the gear and get to see people use the gear. Uh Uh-huh. That's pretty much the best part of the job. Yeah. Um, Knowing that you had something to do with that piece of gear. We were talking about it earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Getting from the warehouse to... Yeah. In the person's actual hands, using yeah. it in the field. Yeah, trying. Does it change your idea of the hunt at all? Of the hunt? No. No. I mean, it's always, always you know, so gear-focused for work. Mm-hmm. But uh, once you get out there, once you're there, it's okay. Did it make you more gear-focused? Like, when you're going into the field now, do you focus way more on gear and what you're bringing? Or do you just go with what's comfortable and what you well, like? I mean, it's part of my job to yeah. know what each piece does, so it's not really... I don't have a ton of the stuff. For sure. I kind of have the stuff that I've picked that I like that I'll use on every hunt no matter what. So looking at your pack list that's in front of you, what are, like, your must-have items going into the field? Must-haves? Yeah. Oh, God. A lot of it. Must-have, <laughs> must have like, 90% of it to survive. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, trekking poles mm-hmm. I, are something that I wouldn't go without. Well, and that's funny, too, because for me, for a long time, I was so against trekking poles. And then Mark actually was like, here, use my trekking poles when we were, I think we were looking for tule elk somewhere. And I used the trekking poles, and I was like, this makes everything so much easier. Oh, yeah. 
It's like what do they say? It takes like forty percent off your legs. It, I don't know. What, like I have that. no idea what it actually breaks down to. I just yeah. know that it makes life simple. Get them up above you, and it's like you have something to help pull yourself up with. Yeah, it's an amazing concept. Yeah, I right? can't believe people don't use them more often. Then you know, the flat stuff is nice to just keep a tempo, mm-hmm. or just to do something with your hands. Then nothing. Yeah. What else? Oh, looking here. I don't know. I mean, I've, after all, doing it so many times, I've, I've pretty much narrowed it down to the things that I need. When you were coming up with the list of things that you need, would you like at the end of a hunt take things out of it? Like everybody always talk, not everybody, but a lot of people talk about, oh, take everything out of your pack and all the stuff you don't use, throw it aside. And yeah, that's what I mean. I've totally been through that process so many times. That- yeah. I've pretty much boiled it down to I need everything that's on here. I mean, you can look at like paracord. I, you know, don't use it a ton, but you kind of have to have it in your pack. Extremely it's important nice, yeah, staple. Just in case you need some kind of paracord. But, uh, I mean, the Garmin inReach is something I started using last year that I really liked. What do you, are you I using that? I say that I needed it. Mm-hmm. Are you using that for like location purposes or getting out in case you don't have service, like emergency? Uh, no, not really emergency. I like the messaging. Mm-hmm. You can use it for messages. Um, and then it's actually pretty user-friendly on the phone with your, on the screen of your phone. You can pull it up and see exactly where you are in a topography. Mode. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't, so it, it syncs with your phone. Yeah. So you oh, use, I didn't know that. You don't even use, I mean, it's a tiny little square and you can leave it in your pack. Yeah. And then every time I always have my phone on me, I can just pull it out and see exactly where we are and what's around the corner and how to it a couple times and execute Kodiak, something maybe. Yeah. Oh wow. Or just like we in Kodiak we hiked around the left side of this big old hill, ended up killing a buck, and instead of I checked it and instead of going back the way we came, if we jumped over it was actually easier to get down. Uh-huh. So it was nice to have because that saved us quite a bit of time. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I haven't really used it on any backpack hunts, so that's oh, okay. why it's on my gear list. Right. I pretty much packed it like I would pack if I was leaving tomorrow. Getting ready. Now, what are you doing tomorrow? Oh, a pack seminar. And this is your second pack seminar? Yeah, we did one last year. Uh, just pretty quickly thrown together last minute just to try and get people together and teach them about our packs because packs can be kind of complicated. Yeah. They're one of the more complicated pieces of equipment since buckles and straps and pieces but yeah tomorrow we'll just Todd and I are kind of run through Uh, I'm packing for a late season mule deer hunt he's packing for an early season oh that's awesome just kind of go through what we would put in our pack and then Uh there's about a hundred supposed to be a hundred people coming oh that's great so which is more than last year that's a lot more than last year right yeah last last year was like 50 or 60 yeah somewhere around 50 or 60 yeah but yeah we opened it up RSVP just so we can kind of have Get some kind count. of idea. Yeah. I mean, it was instead of letting it out and being like, oh, I guess we'll sh- see who shows up. Uh-huh. Kind of gave us some kind of idea, maxed it at 100, and we maxed out. We had to open it up to another one, so we're doing two tomorrow. Oh, really? Yeah. Hopefully, some people maybe transfer from the morning one to the <laughs> afternoon one, just free up a little bit of space. Show up a little late. Yeah. <laughs> right. But yeah, it should be fun. That's awesome. And now, instead of doing it in the showroom, you're actually going to be doing it inside of a, a new room you guys have. Yeah. Uh, we learned that doing it in the showroom with that many people, the people who did just wanted to shop, 
couldn't shop because the whole place was taken over. <laughs> so we just moved it down the strip a little bit into a conference room. That's cool, though. I mean, that and that's beneficial for future use for other yeah. kind of seminars. Yeah, and then, or... you know, we're putting the packs on sale after just to... Uh-huh. So if you're coming to learn about the packs, maybe you'd like to buy ones. Yeah. Might as well that's right. A discount. That's awesome. So the last question about gear, or not, I mean, probably not about gear, <laughs> but about hunting industry stuff. Camos versus solids. Uh, what do you prefer? I mean, working in the camo industry, I uh-huh. prefer to wear solids. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I mean, it definitely has its place. I would say archery seasons when I would go with more camo. Yeah. Probably mostly camo. Yeah. Just because getting in that range, it's, it's not like camo is going to make you disappear. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can't, if it's looking at you, stop moving. If you're downwind, it's going to smell you. So. Yeah. But, you know, I think it saves you in some situations. Oh, for sure. But for rifle hunts, yeah, I mean, if you just play by the rules, uh-huh. you can wear solids. <laughs> and people did it for years. Right. Plaids and blue jeans. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I mean, plaid does the same thing as camo. Breaks yeah. up your outline. Right. Right on. So, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Legion OST DIY Outdoors Podcast. Nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed the intro. Yeah, right. Today we're coming to you live from Todd's Garage. This is the second podcast from Todd's Garage. Um, Usually, lately, we've been coming to you live from West Coast Archery. Um, They've been kind enough to build a podcast studio. How big is that? Uh, I mean, it's... it's, Compared to Todd's Garage. It's a little bit smaller. It's probably about the size that the three of us are sitting at this table right now. With a little room for chairs in the back. Yeah, I got a nice little space heater in there. It's all soundproofed? No, it's not soundproofed at all. Do you have it decorated like Joe Rogan? No, not yet. They're actually, what they're they're talking about doing is they're going to build a separation wall in there for you. You're going to run two podcasts at one time? No, so they're going to give me a Christmas closet because that's, that's the joke at the shop is that... Andy has a Christmas closet. What's in your Christmas closet? I'm not going to get into details about that. But Uh (laughs) they totally are going to, you know, I was like, cool, I'll put a nutcracker in there. And, you know, and it's just like a closet full of Christmas decorations. Sure. You can call it that. I have like, I have Christmas attic. Yeah. Where I put mine. Yeah, totally. Um, So all that being said. Let's talk about California hunting. Yeah. You've been hunting it. California for a long time. Actually, you just released or were a part of a release with Kuyu on the YouTube channel, the IGTV, and it's also on your website, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of about passing the tradition along. Yeah. And you got to talk a little bit about your experience growing up hunting with your dad and duck blinds. and Yeah. Gosh. Yeah, started at eight years old, going out to the duck blind. Uh, I think that's my earliest memory. Uh Uh-huh. My dad was a surfer, but then started getting into hunting. Yeah, started at eight years old, going to the duck blind. And then I think 12 years old was when I shot my first deer. You shot your first deer at 12? I think it was around there. So what was that like? Don't quote me. Okay. It's a long time ago. Not quoted, (laughs) but noted. It was in your early years. It was in my early years. Just start now. It was right when I could. Whatever Uh California's law is. 12 years old. I was abiding by the law at the time. Okay. 
How'd that feel? It was cool. It was, uh, I was with a close friend. He was young. He's a little bit older than me. Mm -hmm. And we were allowed to go out. I guess it, he's a little bit older than me, so it was okay. Yeah. But we weren't far from our dad. I think they were just right at the top of the hill. But we spotted a buck and it was across canyon. Took off after it. Yeah. Well, I actually knew everyone was at the top of the hill because <clears throat> I shot, shot, and then before I could even come out of the scope, everyone's running down the hill because it just dropped. Parade. Run down the hill. They were going to get it so that I didn't, 12 years old, what the hell was I going to do? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, when... I think Todd's clothes are dry. <laughs> and they, uh, yeah, go grab it, and they fuck, they had it halfway to me before I even knew exactly what happened. God, yeah. first time you shoot a rifle in the field, 12-year-old, pow! What like, just happened? Yeah, you have no idea what happened. So, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was an experience, and then everyone actually was around when we pulled it up and got to gut it. Uh-huh. Help with that, and yeah, that was, that was my first memory of killing a deer. So, what has that been like? Because I mean, not everybody comes from you know getting to hunt with their their parents growing up, or you know getting to be out in the field with their parents really, or anything like that. So, what was that experience like for you growing up? And something that you talked about in the show was kind of how it shaped you into the man that you grew up into being, yeah. that you've become. Yeah, I mean, it definitely gives you something to have passion about and something you can do year round yeah I mean it didn't grow up like just deer hunting it was we hunted whatever was in season yeah so it was something to do yeah pretty much and just kind of grew up doing that yeah do you feel like as an as a as a youth that helped direct you maybe on a better path instead of yeah I mean that's I me mean, I guess one of the many factors that formed me into it I mean I wouldn't yeah solely give hunting the nod but uh I mean, yeah, it definitely gives you, you learn responsibility. You have to have a firearm, and that could kill you. I mean, right there. So when you're young and you're learning about all that, I mean, I remember getting yelled at for handing a gun over to somebody with the safety off. Uh-huh. And I mean, you learn that, and all of a sudden you have the responsibility and you know how to handle a firearm. And then you get to learn how to go out and do it yourself. Well, that comes with responsibility. So, I mean, it's all kind of, like I said in the thing, character building. Yeah, absolutely. I really, I just, I liked that a lot, you know, and I resonated a lot with watching it. And I feel like it's something that's so missed. I don't know if it's missed, but it's maybe not talked about as much. Maybe these days. Uh, as far as maybe the camaraderie that comes out of it, you know, and the father-son relationship or, you know, the adult-adolescent relationship yeah. that can be built. I mean, so many people you hunt with, it's not just, you know, just your dad. I mean, most most of the time you have other, a whole community of hunters around that you share stories with and they become part of your family. I mean, we grew up going to Los Banos to a duck club and mm -hmm. you pretty much grow up with these guys and they kind of... 100, 100 days out of the year you can go hunting and I mean you obviously so, I, mean, I know some people that tr do their best to make halt 100 but I mean you do your best to go see them and it's always like going back and seeing family or brothers yeah and I mean that's kind of one of the best things about hunting is the community that it surrounds you with right I mean, 
if you'd stop today, I mean, how many f- people would you never see again? Yeah. I mean, you have a ton of friends that are hunters. I didn't grow up with a ton of friends that are hunters, though. True. So, you know, so for me, growing up where I grew up, it was like, you got to keep your mouth shut. You can't tell people that we're hunters. You, you know what I mean? It was, it was a very private, family-oriented thing for us. Mm-hmm. Because growing up in Marin County, yeah, a lot of people hunt. aren't into hunting. A oh, lot yeah. of people aren't okay with hunting. I mean, yeah. I grew up in Monterey County, which is very similar. Yeah. And I mean, I remember, you know, I'm not big on wearing camo in public, and then that's probably why. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. It's funny how that works, too. It's like... Yeah, you just learn that it's not that they're saying anything. You can just kind of tell that sometimes people are uncomfortable with the fact that you kill animals. Yeah. Um, but if you don't wear camo, you don't have to worry about it. So I just stopped wearing. Right. Don't wear camo in public. Yeah. I uh, one time was dating this gal and her family would refer to me as the animal murderer. Oh. It was fun. Yeah. It really made great it's, conversations it's totally for all the holidays. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So let's talk about your season this year. It was a good one. You were fortunate enough. Yeah, dude, you were fortunate enough. You got a California X tag. Yeah. I, uh, first time I've drawn a California tag since 2000, I think 15, 16. Mm-hmm. Drew X12. But yeah, this year drew it with a few points with Todd and Austin. Yeah. It was fun. It was nice. It's about the closest unit to here uh-huh not the closest but one of the closer x units so it was helpful as far as scouting went i'm sure yeah well i mean close it's just home. nice to have something close to home we don't have a lot right out the back door back door yeah so it's hard to you know run up for a weekend because you got to sacrifice hours of driving and by the time you get in there <clears throat> we get off work late friday yeah battle traffic all battle the way traffic, through the sierras all the way up there and get there that night and you can pack in at night, you get all day Saturday, but then you got to start thinking about getting home. Yeah. So it's fun, you know, take a few days off, which we were able to do. And, uh, yeah, went up, got to scout it. It's only a couple hours away, which was nice. Mm-hmm. So what made you, was that kind of what drew you to where you were going to hunt? Was Austin's the one that presented, you know, came and talked to us and was like, hey, do you guys want to go hunt? And it was like, yeah, sure. We got the points. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. Drew it. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. Austin was able to go spend a lot of time working up there, you know, scouting and gosh, I think he lived up there for a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, then Todd and I got, Todd went up twice. I went up once. So we got a lot of eyes on it. So we were able to find bucks and kind of know where to go opening morning. And yeah, we didn't get one opening morning. It got interrupted. We were on the way to get one. I think Austin told the story of the guys that drove through. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, boy. It just got real. Oh. <laughs> Are we coming in on a tangent? Oh. No, we're good. Oh, we're just coming in silent. Okay. Coming, coming in on silence. <laughs> Just totally threw me off. Leaving, leaving uh, I'd like the to audience. Introduce my two mute friends, Todd and Stu. Oh yeah, I wasn't sure if we were uh, just You're passing good. through or no, oh, making no. an appearance. No, yeah, welcome no, that, to the club, guys. That was a scene. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I like. I, I bet a listener didn't know till now. Yeah, I like this glass you got here, Todd. Yeah, you see that? It's like half ice. It's got built-in ice. 
Yeah. Half yeah. ice, half whiskey. Yeah. Stu, how you doing, man? Good to see you. We need a chair for you. Oh, right here is perfect. Are you sure? Yes, sir. All right. You've been sitting driving in traffic. Nice. This is good. I like this. Everybody's here. Everybody's getting comfortable. You know, we're sitting here discussing. We're talking. We got yeah, it going if you, on. Uh, yeah. if, you, if you guys want us to uninterrupt ourselves. No, you're. I'm, I'm not worried about it. How are you feeling, Ben? The better? more the merrier. The good. more the merrier. We yeah. got Jolly Todd in the house. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a... Uh, He's got a four-leaf clover under his eye. Did you see Happy this? Happy St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't take much for me to uh, dive into whatever the activity around the office is. Right. And this morning it was uh, St. Patrick's Day's tattoos. Tattoos. Yeah. You got a tattoo. You're like crying four-leaf clovers. Well, I told McCade, I said, I want to look a little tough still with this clover tattoo. So yeah. put it under my eye like a teardrop from the penitentiary. <laughs> And he put it underneath my eye like a girl's softball player. Yeah. How's that but feel? Fine until someone reminds me I have it. <laughs> so, oh, you're welcome. Yeah, I'll have to go take it off. <laughs> it's going to be good dinner conversation. Yeah, yeah. I just Todd's It better come off before that, that pack seminar tomorrow. <laughs> I hope it doesn't. No, I hope it's permanent. Or I, or I could just leave it. Yeah, you I think you should just leave it. Run it. I'll consider it. Yeah. Yeah. Sleep on it. Yeah, Soon okay. enough, everybody is just going to have big clover tattoos that hunt. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be the cool thing to do. You'll it's going to be the Jolly Todd. We'll see. Yeah. That's what we're going to know that Hunter's serious. He's got a four-leaf clover in his fucking eye. What have you guys been talking about out here? Well, we're just diving into the X-Zone hunt that you guys got to go on this year. Mm. And talking a little bit about how it was really nice that it was close to home. Helped out with scouting. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of where we're at right now. (laughs) (laughs) Man, we totally screwed up the flow. (laughs) We're like, man, we should still let Ben have the lead, but he's not saying anything. (laughs) It's his podcast. So... When you got when you looked into that, I mean, did you look at point creep at all, or were you were you checking out point creep? Was that even in your mind, or were you guys just like, hey, we're gonna put in for this? No, Todd said uh, well, we could draw it. Yeah, yeah. That'd no, be I mean, yeah, we had more points than what was necessary for had, last yeah, year. Yeah, we had, we were we were up, up above. Way. Yeah, yeah, we had plenty. So when you guys looked that up, did you use like DFW's website, or were you using like a Go Hunt or a Onyx or you know? Something like that. Like, uh, for me, I, I've always, every year I print up that list on DFW's website yeah. that they also put in the book. It's easy enough, and I'd just rather not leave the math up to somebody else and getting changed, possibly, from the uh, the state's website and then going on to their own when you can just go on the state's website and see it for yourself. and Not have to pay for it? Not only not, on, not have to pay for it, but it's just... There's something that just feels a little bit extra and above and beyond to just know the resources on your own, where they're getting it from, and just yeah. do the work yourself. Yeah, absolutely. You go straight to the source, or you can buy a membership to get it from someone else. Yeah. But for some of the stuff, like for uh, just looking at different zones across the state and randomly clicking around and... Maybe you you just fly over something on Google Earth and some state in the country looks good. 
that's where some of those uh, websites can, can be nice because you can just go straight to that zone and someone's already put a summary on there. Yeah, well, they um, put it in a user-friendly format that you can go there and actually understand. Right. And they put it on maps. and Instead of having to go from Google Earth to the state's website and start from scratch on, okay, what zone even is that or unit, whatever, and then have to go through all their lists and it might not be a state that you research a whole lot. So, and they're all a bit different. So to just go to say, um, go hunt and boom, yep, it was right there. Click on the zone, little summary. You yeah. never put too much stock into yeah all those details and you do a lot of research before you decide to hunt it but for quick stuff yeah i mean at some point you have to get on google earth and well have you seen this new thing uh, i want to say it's called scout to hunt and i feel like what they've done is they've gone into different hunting zones in different states and they're flying drones through them huh. and you can pick the unit that you want to hunt and look up the area where you want to hunt and see if they've videoed it with a drone jeez that's too much that's yeah and actually Google get Earth to is see bad enough i'm gonna throw rocks at one if i see it <laughs> a drone flying through yeah, the forest if i see a drone flying where i'm hunting i'm gonna throw a rock at it like no yeah just no get out of here cut it out technology isn't it amazing how much it's changing hunting in the last five years yeah there's too much technology there's a lot yeah it's non-stop yeah yeah man I mean, at least electronic technology. I mean, it's some stuff it's nice, but some of it's a little a little much. Going too far? Yeah. It's to the point where when we're loading our packs, we're, we kind of have taken on this mentality where we want to be kind of going in the other direction and working to require less technology on our hunts and, and carry less things that a lot of people like to... Um, advertise a lot and get excited about what that's maybe really not essentially needed uh-huh yeah like when you were talking to me earlier i was kind of looking through it on like what i didn't need like i said like i i have to have uh, pretty much most of it to survive but there are some things that i don't need and is how how much of what you don't need is technology stuff most of it like what my camera which See camera. Ben upgraded to a new DSLR camera. I, I saw that he was showing me year. his chest rig for it. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty nice. Yeah, because usually we have my DSLR, and we never take enough pictures until yeah. a couple animals are down, and then it's like, man, I wish we'd have been taking pictures. Oh, like now we, we are but... now from the start. So to have two cameras and just make it easier for one of us to have a camera available all the time. And yeah, because we. We like to take a lot of pictures, and, and we try hard to get good pictures while we're out there. Yeah, my camera and that uh, Garmin inReach. That's the only technology I can get rid of. Yeah, uh, you could take your toothbrush out of there. I, I don't bring my electronic one. <laughs> I'll just brush my teeth with a sock. If I had that mentality, this thing would be Especially a if you get like a good used sock after a couple days, you let it dry out, it gets good and hard, and you can really grind stuff off your teeth with that. Oh, oh yeah, crusty yeah. sock. <laughs> yeah, you can, you can roll it up real fine, and if you get it really tight, you can use it as floss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Start picking it apart and pulling the strands out. Mm -hmm. Get that little extra bit of mountain house flavor. Ben, how many did you did you uh, pack an extra pair of socks on that one, or are you just going one pair from the? I've got two. 
But I only put one in my total pack weight because I'll be wearing a pair of socks. Yeah. That's always one of those ones where... How many extra. days do, do you I only bring two pair pairs of socks for? Well, this is for five days. Two pairs of socks for five days? Yeah. And are you bringing wool socks or depending yeah. on the time of year? No, merino wool. Yeah. yeah. Those those mountain fit socks mm-hmm. that we sell now are really nice. The little ones. Yeah. No, no, for the, not the, 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 the I'm sorry, ones. not the mountain fit. The midweight mountain the mid-weight, sock. Yeah. So they're like the half calf. Yeah. Okay. And they're a little bit thinner than they're the, the black original ones. merino yeah. sock. They're, those things are awesome. Ones. I'll okay. run one pair for four days. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh wow. And I then ran, even yeah. in Alaska. With two, you just kind of switch them. Stu, were you wearing those socks on that trip? No, I was wearing the old Under Armour socks. Ooh. Oh, God. Is that what fucking smelled? <laughs> Probably. But, I mean, hey, I wore... Campfire. I think food. I brought three yeah. pairs for the whole week. I just hang them up, dry those babies out. Good to go. Yeah. Yeah, same socks thing with the two. Socks are a huge concern. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, yeah. It, yeah, it we... sucks when they kind of get a little greasy. <laughs> but, uh... We don't. That's normally at the end, and you got you know you have more in the truck. Yeah, I'm not saying that you know if, if this was a ten day hunt and I was going out for five with the intention of not coming back to the truck, that I wouldn't have more socks in the truck to switch out. Yeah, I would totally. Do. Well, so you know what I've been doing since we partnered with Deadeye, and I'll totally throw him a plug on this, is every time I get back to the truck, I have a full, brand new, fresh, clean outfit. Of, of nothing but Deadeye? Of nothing but Deadeye. Wow. You know, you said, did you, do you've seen, obviously, you've seen Wayne's World? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, like, my favorite is... Wayne's World. Yeah, right? So, now, I don't remember if, or I don't know if you guys remember, uh, Garth did a really epic Reebok commercial in Wayne's World. And that's what I like to do when I get back to the trailhead, is I just... I put on a Deadeye hat and a Deadeye beanie and a Deadeye shirt and a Deadeye hoodie and some Deadeye socks. And then, and I just kind of sit there. Is God, that I when hope you're, you're a good shot? Yeah. You know. Do you do you put your camera on a tripod and take some sexy pictures? Yeah. Well, just not even. I'll put it on video mode and I'll just sit there and I'll talk, looking past <laughs> the camera. You're your immediate thought. Oh, your thought, I've, I've your seen you doing that on your Instagram stories. Yeah, when I'm smiling and laughing all yeah. the time. Oh. It's like, what am I looking at here? What's going oh, on? Oh yeah, with Andy's, these Andy's driving Instagram stories. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I keep my phone on mute. Yeah. So I you don't normally watch them and the, and. They don't have sound, so I have no idea what you're saying. You just know that I'm smiling. Yeah, but it's like I'm taking a shit, and all of a sudden I'm going through my Instagram. And you're like, there's Andy's face. And then it's like the next one pops up, and it's your face, like total smile laughing. It's like, whoa. <laughs> Does he know I'm taking the And then the I sit there right and now? I watch the rest of them on mute. Yeah. Just because. You can bank on clicking through the first four or five, because it's just smiling. Yeah. Really. <laughs> yeah. And then you get to like five, six, and seven through... 84. And he finally remembered <laughs> what he was going to say. I mean, it goes say. on, though. <laughs> yeah. no, it's, it's a lot of it is just, uh-huh, yeah, right? Uh-huh, yeah. yeah. Oh. Right? Squirrel. Squirrel. Oh, yeah. Shiny object. Yeah. Right? So, so what's next on your list? So next on, on my list is, I don't even know what my list is doing. Um, Let's go back to that drone thing. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Now, what a weird feeling it would be. To go to an area for the first time and be hiking into these canyons, that the only reason you're there is because you paid some drone to go fly through it ahead of time and you liked what you it's saw. It's actually a free service. I don't think it costs money. Their website. Huh. Oh, so it's 
they're flying these things out there and marking the path and then you can click on the path and just check it out yeah so it's kind of like an like, interactive they're not even or, going around trails they're just going up every canyon i i mean i couldn't tell you exactly but i i'm pretty sure it's a free service and you go onto their website and you can just look and see what they've preloaded. Well, what I guess on, on Google Earth, there you can turn the photos on, yeah. and it'll show photos of people where people and, have geo. And, and, and you do hope that if you're looking at a certain basin, maybe there's a photo. Oh, come of, on, have that geo close to it. Yeah. yeah, so you can actually see what it looks like. Yeah. So I guess it would just be another step beyond that. Yeah. Hmm. You know, now something that you bring up, yeah. you're talking about geotagged photos. Do you guys have location services on in your phone when you're hunting? Or do you turn it off or do you not think about it? We don't think about that. I don't even know, I don't even know how to look. So did we you don't, know? Tell, do we do don't I? send enough pictures around for that to even know. Oh, okay. Because oh, like when I, you send the pictures, I, I don't have, think I have do. people that send me photos of all of their animals. And then I'll look at my geotags. And you can look and see where all their photos were taken of their animals. Well, then you tell us. We've sent you photos. What yeah. are none, of your, none of your photos. Have you have those <laughs> saved in pins on your Google Earth? It, I, I save it, yeah. And then I, <laughs> I transfer see, it into my... Pull up your Google Earth. No. I'm going to see your Google Earth. <laughs> You've probably got everyone's <laughs> pins on there. I have a beautiful array. Yeah, California D-Zone just looks yellow. <laughs> Not even the D-Zone. There's way more than that. Yeah, you got all the way into Utah. Yeah, oh. and Montana. Well, that's kind of how it gets. Sometimes you you amass so much information over time on a certain area or state that it's like if you have pins all over the entire state. Yeah, you're you're not really doing yourself any good. Well, but see what it what that what I'll break that down into is that if you look at a state and it's like wow, I know people that have killed deer up and down this entire state. Yeah. Right? What that tells you is that it's you can be successful as a hunter, and especially as a hunter in California, you know. And again, we can reference your rafters, and the fact that I can't see through your rafters because it's nothing but blacktail bucks, you know. And it, but what it tells what long story short is it you can be successful anywhere in the state. Yeah, yeah. As oh, yeah. as any hunter, put in the time and the work. Put in the time, the effort, and the energy. And There's game all over the place. And, and when when Ben and I... You caught that thing, but it flew away. I let him go. Yeah, what's with all the mosquitoes so in here? <laughs> That's a mosquito hawk. That was why I let him go. Oh, good. Don't Sorry, kill that thing. Yeah. It just almost hit me in the face. Oh, he's... Nothing. Yeah, so when... <laughs> when, 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 when you and I show up at a new place that we've scouted online only and then drawn a tag for and... And we go in, and it's pretty rare that we don't end up seeing what we're looking for, well, yeah, and or like killing you what do we're it, looking for. You only for. pick one spot. Mm -hmm. I mean, you identify a bunch of really good spots. I mean, Todd's pretty much the leading driver in the Google Earth, and he picks the canyons, and all of a sudden we have kind of a game plan, and we will know where to go and glass and knobs. Yeah, yeah if you go into a spot, you kind of down know. to three places usually, yeah. right before we go. You kind of have to know, you know, when to when to pull the plug yeah i mean if you're seeing bucks but nothing's really big and you've been there for two days and you've only got x amount of days how many days do you want to give this spot before if you, you don't see on. anything how long do you stay before moving to like option number two spot. packing out but how many go times try another area. Area. how many times you've been, we've been sitting there and all of a sudden you're 
feeling down and haven't seen anything, and then all of a sudden there's a buck right below you or across the canyon. Where'd he come yeah, from? It's yeah, all, it's all... It, it so it's hard to just... tell where that line is between staying in too long mm-hmm. and wasting days and moving to a spot to go find more. I mean, you can't... That might just be the exact same thing or worse. Yeah. But we don't... I mean, we don't stress about it that bad. Mm-mm. We pretty much... You kind of pretty much know if you put in if you put in enough time and country that looks good bucky eventually you'll do good i know you like bucky country that's what you look for right bucky country yeah 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 it's just there's no real specific you look at some stuff and it's a yes or no question you emailed me this thing like hey i was going to answer these questions i'm looking at like oh god i don't know the food source (laughs) i can point you out what the deer eat but i don't know like the names of them, or I, but I wanted scientific. It looks names. bucky. Yeah, yeah. You just look bucky. <laughs> that's the scientific name. Yeah, bucky that area country. looks really bucky. There's trails and shit. Yeah, yeah. a well, burn. There we go. Right, <laughs> bucky. Right, a yeah. burned ridge with some rock. A big and... open basin with a bunch of low-lying green brush and a bunch of grasses and yeah, it looks let's like throw a, some it rim looks rock. Bucky. Yeah, throwing some rim rock. Yeah, we're gonna get it. It looks bucky. Yeah. I mean, like... But it doesn't mean don't glass the non-Bucky stuff either. How many times have you found bucks in non-Bucky territory? Six. So you can count it. <laughs> I like this. He's, I mean, that was like, he's fucking thought about that. No thought whatsoever <laughs> He's thought about that one. Six, I got six this. Times. Six. He's With like, confidence I this answer. and gusto. <laughs> like that. Yeah, they're right there. I can yeah. point them out. Well, no, it was more just like, what kind of question is that? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, God, yeah. Pretty often. Yeah. But less often than you find them in the Bucky stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Gotta play your odds. Yeah. yeah. It wouldn't be Bucky in the Bucky stuff. No. If there were no I bucks. think the word Bucky is more of like, it's not identifying anything, it's just a feeling. Yeah. It's yeah. Bucky. That gut. It's all about yeah. gut feelings out yeah. there at the end of the day. I, I can Man, relate to that. How many times do we have gut feelings and then you realize what it is and you just know how to play off it. Yeah. The area looks good. I have a good feeling about this. It's, just it's one bucky. of those things that comes with years of doing it. Yeah. Exactly. I was going to say, I think identifying bucky versus non-bucky country has a lot to do with experience. Yeah. Time in the field. Time in the field. Yeah. I'm yeah. glass. Yeah. yeah. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't well, expect like, a new hunter to go out and be like, on, I did, that looks bucky. I on that feeling. Yeah. On Kodiak, Stu and I were, uh, what were we, partners about every day out there? Yeah. And um, and so I think Stu learned a lot by us getting to hunt together day after day out in a place like that. Oh, absolutely. Which out there, I mean, the non-Bucky country was Bucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the Kodiak Island is just Bucky. Yeah, Kodiak (laughs) is Bucky as an entire whole island. Yeah, all of that's why we go there. Kodiak is Bucky. Yes. So, let's talk about Kodiak. And all three you hunted it. Yes. Together, we were were three of the six. Three of the six. We were the and six of the twelve. Yeah. Is the what? You well, you were three of the six and six of the twelve. Yes. Bucks. Yeah. Dead. Yeah. Wow. Well, actually, the deckhand shot one, too. So yeah. And the captain. There oh, yeah, God. There was 14, 14, there was 14 deer 14 on bucks. that boat by the time we left. Are you kidding me? Yeah. yeah. There were 
pretty much three deer, all but a couple days, three deer a day coming on that boat. Yeah, there's one day that all three groups didn't, or two groups some days, but yeah, there was one one trip out that a group didn't come back with a deer. Wow. Yeah. It started to feel like it was guaranteed. Yo, <laughs> I mean, it was so guaranteed. <laughs> it was, yeah. It was just like, fuck yeah, there's a deer up there. <laughs> I'm going for yeah. it. And there it was a deer be- up there, and you'd kill him. You'd be like, see, I fucking told you. I mean, just that first day we took a walk, the day we got there, went out just to glass, raining. We popped up on this one little knob, glass, glass, there's a buck, there's a buck. Oh, yeah, the sun many, came how, out, remember? Yeah. The sun came out for like fucking ten minutes. Yeah. And it was like... <laughs> They're just everywhere. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, I don't even remember how many deer we saw that first day. We, the day we flew into the boat, we just went for that walk. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, God. I don't know. Thirty something. Thirties. I think it was yeah, thirty something. And it was literally Some our first time number. walking around in the field on that island. We had just gotten dropped off. I mean, on it shore. was like you we left the shore with. I don't confidence. know. We had an hour and yeah. never lost it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're just confident the whole goddamn time. I mean, do we want to? Are we going to get into it? Or yeah, yeah, let's fucking get into get it. into I it. Mean, as far as population goes, that first day Todd and I hunted, they it was storming all night, ninety mile an hour winds. The oh boats yeah. Were are you it looked kidding? Like a, looked like, like a fire yeah. hose blowing yeah. across the front of the boat. Yeah, we we woke up. We're like <laughs> these two were sleeping in the bow. The anchor comes right, so imagine, above, right by our heads. So you hear that thing. Clack, 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 Andy, this out. this here's the bay, and when we went to sleep, we were over here. Yeah, and the wind started blowing so bad that we needed to get to this side. It completely switched. And they were sleeping in the bow of the boat to get across the bay with ninety mile an hour winds blowing. Around two in the morning, and Stu and I wake up and we're in the bow, uh, and there's these little window holes. <laughs> And so it's pitch black in there, and uh, we feel ourselves sloshing around like crazy, and we'd heard the anchor come up. And um, so I grab my headlamp, and usually on flat water, you look out through that little hole, and you can put your light out it and see the ocean, uh, you know, the surface of the water about a foot down. That far down? Well, I flipped on my light, and I poked it through that hole and saw nothing but just waves crashing against it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It and so like... we're all kind of excited. We're like, yeah, yeah, let's get up and go up to the, uh, go up to the, uh, you know, the wheelhouse, was, see what's going on up there. This was the first morning after, like, you get the talk, like, you know, don't stand up here if anything's going on. Stay yeah. back here. Don't fucking stand right here, or else I'm going to kick you in the nuts. Like... That stay bad. out of our way if anything's going on. So we're up there scrambling around trying to stay out of the way. But we stayed down in the in our bunks until the second one was like five o'clock. Yeah, we moved at two and then they moved and again that's at when five. Todd and I went upstairs to the you know the wheelhouse with the bridge if you want to call it. And the captain Zach he goes, sit down and don't touch anything. Stay out of the way. And we're like, oh, this must be serious. Yeah. <laughs> and we're looking. They got this big sodium light off the front of the boat, and it's just. Sideways, fire hose, waterfall, the whole bit just out of control. Yeah, it was raining this way. Mm -hmm. And it was cool. So it was like some Forrest Gump shit. Yeah, more, it was more than. maybe Gilligan's Island. It was kind well, of a thing you go. To We're probably Cody. exaggerating. Those guys would yeah, hear us right it. now uh, and be like, "Oh, those Californians came yeah. up here and thought they were in a hurricane." Yeah. But I mean, well, Zach put us. We are Californians, and we thought <laughs> yeah. we were in a fucking hurricane. <laughs> but uh, but no, it was yeah. fun. I, when he shined his light on, it the was impressive. Case, it was 
It was blowing steady 88 miles an hour gusting to like 96. And it was cool because we got that out of our systems, got that experience, and by the end of the next day, we got to go in the field, and it was great weather after that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, God, some we of the some... photos you guys took, which you guys did a blog about, and you posted a bunch of the photos, right? Yeah. Yeah, like some of the photos you took were phenomenal. Like, oh, yeah. The conditions and everything just looked Beautiful. We were concerned that we would get home and the photos just wouldn't do the place justice because it's that beautiful yeah, in yeah, person. We're like, even if our photos come out awesome, they won't do the place it justice. It was literally like you're standing there and you're just like, this can't be real. And the, and the cool There's thing the fucking was, bay and then there's these giant mountains oh, yeah. and then it's like the oceans out there. And, and you're all like, the colors. Oh there's this God. purplish... Uh, yellowish orange hue that you just don't see anywhere that that I've never seen anywhere before. Just the sun shining on the hills and the color that it makes yeah. is incredible. If you ever go to Kodiak, I don't care if you kill a deer or not, but if you get to see that kind of view and not just get stuck in the rain the whole time. And, and there's just something about the magnitude phenomenal. of the country and the amount of water coming out of the country. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Really? I mean, there's a, we, we had a picture of Stu. He's coming up, and it's just like, I don't know, what, two-foot-wide creek yeah, coming a, out? A step across. And it was it was pretty flowing pretty good. And it only came out like... 30 yards up the hill is where it came out. There was like yeah. so much Literally. water coming this, out this, It was like, oh my This God. creek originated out of a hillside, and within the first 50 yards, it was damn near a raging river. Wow. At the very bottom, we walked across the top of the it. Ocean, this big old waterfall. Like, we were at the top of it and walked, walked and saw where it was and, and where we were. And it's just all the water coming out of this basin up there that all collects down and then kind of filters itself down and comes out the side of this hill. That's so Where we cool. hiked up and yeah. ended up killing a buck in that basin. Oh, yeah, yeah that's a story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's that's a the picture right the there. Patch. That's so gorgeous. Oh, Is that what you were eating yes, on the sir. boat? Yeah. You were eating sushi on the oh, boat? Yeah, jeez. Oh, God. The food. I mean, yeah, not we even. We God. haven't even gotten to the food yet. Yeah. Yeah. So the hunting oh. was really fun. But the boat, the was boat like was so fun. The best part. It was it was five star cooking. Mm-hmm. I mean, what did we have? And the and the best part about it, it was such good cooking, but it was the dudes who were uh-huh. doing the cooking, the deckhand and the captain, which they seemed totally interchangeable because they both did everything. everything. Yeah. And, and they were great together, and our group got along with them so well that we hung out at night. And it was almost like a – it wasn't like the crew and then the guests on the boat. Yeah. It kind of got to feel like we were just yeah. all there. To, I mean, like we would have invited them to come on the hunt with You're us. You're there for yeah. seven days. Seven days, right? Yeah. And every day you go out, kill deer, come back to the boat and have a cocktail. Yeah. And sit around and bullshit about the day. And those guys are just right me. in there with us. Oh, yeah. I mean – we ate together. It was like they were part of... Oh, I mean, it's a 60-foot boat with eight guys on it. It's not that big. Yeah. That's nice amenities, man. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, seven pounds. I might be wearing more clothes <laughs> when we came back, but I'm not even exaggerating. We had to wait before we got on the float plane. And I figured I'd hop on that little scale when we got back. I don't know if I had shells in my pocket or if we ate that good, but... I, I mean, just by looking at the picture we had dinner. We killed deer, and we were able to... Oh, I think your socks were just that waterlogged. Yeah. <laughs> we got to cook the deer that we killed. So we had deer ribs, venison tartare, uh, seared venison backstrap. Uh, 
Uh, the they made us uh, venison burgers. They fucking took our deer. We cut off a piece for them. They take it. They grind it. And they made us burgers. Salmon pokey. Yes, well, wild caught Fresh salmon pokey. We got. We had our fishing license, so we could crab. Yeah. So we got to put down some crab pots. You're pulling fresh crabs. Yeah, we we couldn't keep like the kings. Piles put of the kings back, now. but we could keep the tanners. Yeah. So we take the tanners, and they made us sushi. We had a crab feed. Crab cakes. Crab, crab cakes. I mean, it was incredible. It's unreal. The food was like probably right. It was like the hunting was this good, and the food was like right it underneath was, it. It was. It made it. That made the trip just. That was a big part. Oh of yeah. It was the yeah. Food. No, it was it was one of the best trips. Of, we had a lot of fun. Yeah. But the hunting was just unbelievable. Yeah, the yeah. hunting, man. I mean, that first day that we, the first full day we had, we had a little squall blow through, so we got out a little late, and we're looking at this big, just ridge line, and they drop us off on shore. And, okay. and the guys on the boat, and when they drop us off in any time, really, they're not supposed, well, not supposed to, and they don't. No, give you any advice on the hunting. No. Which we really appreciated. Yeah. yeah. Because you, we don't, you know, we take pride in they it can doing say, it ourselves. Okay, you know, 100%. The wind's blowing this way. We're going to be in this area. Hey, guys, this is the, you can hunt from, you know, you're in the base. So you can the look south the side coast. to the yeah, north side. You can side. hunt yeah. from there to there, the wherever you want to go. The native lands, they would tell us, this is native owned. You can't touch it. Yeah. Right. But from, you know, this landmark all the way over. Yeah, that's that's where you can hunt. You jump in the it. skiff and they drop. And off it was only and, and it was only one day in one spot where there was that native restriction. Yeah, it never affected us. No. Yeah. So, how did you guys come to find the place that you ended up going for? Like, what what was it that was like? All right, cool. And obviously, you guys researched it, and you you looked well, into hunting Kodiak. But I mean, it was something you knew you always wanted to. Yeah. But we got approached by a really good friend that was like, hey, do you guys want to go hunt Kodiak? Yeah. And and he's been there a number of times. Yeah. He's, yeah, quite a few times. And it was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we want to go. That was at a that was at trade the show. Pope and Young yeah, Convention Young in St. Show. Louis. Uh, I mean, it was a year before or two years no, before. Year, year and year and eight yeah, months like a year before. And a, yeah. Oh, wow. We even got to go. We booked it. Yeah, he said that he was um, taking over... Uh, all the slots on the boat, and um, to help out the captain with booking and, and stuff like that. And he said there was openings for 2018. And we're like, yeah. We're in. Six of guys, us. We'll, do you we guys will both take... want to go, or do you want to, like, I have enough spots. Do you want to fill the boat? And it was like, we yeah, said, we'll, yeah we'll, fill the boat. we'll take all six spots right there at the show sitting at dinner. We just said we committed to all six spots because we knew that. Oh yeah, it was. We we. <laughs> hey Andy, do we'd, you want to go hunt find Kodiak? a great group yeah. to You're go. not going to oh, yeah. say no. No, not at all. Yeah, exactly. Is it so? Is it normally booked out that far in advance there, or like? I think I think about two years. Yeah, and they said that the that it's starting to ramp up to the point where it's um, might be coming uh, three years. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. So it's not. Which, which is you got to plan it. Yeah, yeah, you got to plan it. But yeah. the nice thing about it is it's one I mean, of those, it's, it's nothing, it's really not like the planning on a mule deer hunt in a new area. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was kind of like pack for a hunt, but you're only going on day hunts, so it's not like you had to go <laughs> too intensive. Wow. 
It was ultralight boat hunting. Andy just stood up and refilled my whiskey glass. Knob Creek. With way too much. That's where I'm keeping mine over here. So stay tuned, folks. <laughs> it's good. Don't it's go sideways. anyways. Don't, don't back out now. Uh. Yeah, so uh, you ready to press the record button? When's this podcast going to start? I know. I, mean, I don't know. It's, well, I haven't recorded any of it. Mm. I'm just kidding. Uh. I know, right? Yeah, so that that Kodiak trip wasn't um, it, it wasn't as vault as involved on the planning part uh-huh. as as a mule deer hunt in a new area. Yeah, just because yeah, those really those guys have been they yeah they've yeah. got all the stuff figured out. You're getting sh- like shuttled from point A to point B. Yeah, you just have to get to Kodiak, get to your hotel. Get to the. You just have to get places with all your stuff. That's the hardest part. That was half of their battle was just getting up there. Oh God, yeah. Oof. Yeah, we almost didn't make it. Yeah. <laughs> Why? The travels was a nightmare. Yeah. We, we showed up to Sacramento Airport at four twenty, and didn't depart till like eleven forty-five. Because of weather conditions, or uh, no three flight changes due to uh, some like one had a screw fall out of a window, and the other had a. Uh, yeah, something like, going on, and then they switched us to a third one. And but they kept switching us. But then you'd be sitting there waiting for your flight, and you'd see the plane that was getting repaired taking off. By the time like, we actually Fuck. took off, we could have gone to work for half a day, and we were still in Sacramento, and we're getting updates from those guys because they flew out of San Jose. Yeah, we're about to board our plane in Seattle. I guess we'll see you guys on Kodiak sometime <laughs> yeah. in the next couple days. Andy, that's just the beginning of the story. We we had gotten to Kodiak. My dad, Ken, Bruce, and I. We had gotten to Kodiak, ate dinner, went to the outdoor store, made sure all our paperwork was in check. Yeah, don't jump ahead too far here. And uh, before they were even out of Seattle, probably. Oh, God, yeah. We fucking finally left Sacramento. We were going to Seattle, and then we were going to Portland, and then we were going back to Seattle. Then Seattle, half of their runway was shut down, so we got delayed on the tarmac. In Portland? When, no, in Sacramento. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this when is still in we... Sacramento. <laughs> <laughs> You're not even yeah. in the area. Yeah, no, never even got to Portland. When uh, we finally boarded the plane to fly from Sacramento to uh, Seattle, we didn't any longer have tickets for yeah. the rest of the flights. We missed every connecting flight. Yeah, it was. We were our next flights were taking off while we were still in Sacramento. Yeah. <laughs> so we finally take off, not knowing what the fuck we were gonna do when What's we got What's gonna to happen Seattle. next? We were like, well, we missed our flight, like. It's never happened to me before. Well, what do we? What the hell do we do? Like, do you just walk up to someone and be like, "Hey, excuse me, hi, I missed my flight." Yeah, and it was all so we that's could what do. we did. Uh-huh. And of course, and there like, was a big okay. line of a bunch of other people in yeah. the same situations, and then got in an argument about one late with one lady about. Um, because they kind of got to the back of the line at the same time, and Ben's like, "Well, I'm going hunting on Kodiak Island," and yeah, and the lady's like, "Well, work. I'm going to see my granddaughter yeah. for the first... And so they had it out. Well, yeah, because what happened was we were leaving Sacramento. I think didn't they? That's where they started to look at our connecting flights. Was that where they booked you on one plane? Yeah, that I, had one I seat was in left? a better spot. I yeah, had... before we left Sacramento, he had gotten booked on a connecting flight. And you hadn't. And they booked him on the one seat on the plane. Yeah, so folks at home, be the guy who buys everybody's plane tickets because when shit goes south like this, you're the guy who has priority to get the next available tickets the rest of the way. We'll go back in the story. When we took off from Sacramento, Todd knew what he was doing. 
I was fucked. <laughs> oh, God. So I got to Seattle, and we found Todd's... Uh, connecting flight. Connecting flight. And then I found the desk. And then uh, we're, we were talking... Had to go to the line to get to the desk. Well, the, the line was super long. Todd's pouring his, his whiskey back in the bottle. There's not enough ice to cool down the amount that you pour. <laughs> <laughs> So I go up to the line to go to the desk to be like, excuse me, what the fuck do I do? Except the line was like 30 feet long of a bunch of people who missed their connecting flights. Really? And if you've never experienced that, it's not like they just click one button and all of a sudden you're on another flight. Yeah. Like they have to go shopping for you. So it does. it's not a quick moving line. And I'm like, fuck, Todd takes off in like 30 minutes. Yeah, I, I hopped on my plane and... Uh... So you left him at the airport. Yeah, Ben was still at the airport. I'm like, well, no, we need you to... got on the plane, and then your plane got delayed. Oh yeah, it was. But long, he was waiting. Long story short, we finally made it to Kodiak, um, oh, I... at like 11:30 at night. It took 18 hours, and we had been getting texts from Zach. Yeah, because he's kind Our of who's who in charge of the whole thing. Running the whole thing, saying there's a wind event coming in. And if you guys don't fly out tomorrow, it might delay you two days. Yeah. I mean, you don't get that time like, yeah. oh, I'll just stay on the boat two extra days. No, it's just cutting right into your hunting They're time. like, yeah, no, they have to take all six of you together, so the guys who are already there aren't going anywhere until you guys get there. Yeah. And is, is that a weight issue for the plane or whatever it was? That you were that you had to deal with out there. Well, we didn't investigate what the actual issue oh, okay. we were too was. We were just like, okay, so I guess we got <laughs> it was like, okay, like then Panic. you're like, oh my god, you're thinking the whole time, I've missed all my connecting flights, and now I must depart from my pack that has all my gear in it, my rifle. Oh, you still have to worry about your gear getting there. Yeah. I didn't even think about yeah, that. Yeah, no, you just bows. had to carry them. Yeah, like how on earth did you bring like, bows and rifles? I was we're actually around impressed. so many times that must mean the paperwork for our. Luggage is bouncing around all the time. Let's hope it shows up. Dude, that's insane. Yeah. God. So you got in at 11 o'clock at night. So, yeah, and once we got there, the rest of the entire trip went without a hiccup, and it was, like, the best experience we've yeah. ever had. Until you, you woke up at 2 it. in the morning and saw white water outside your uh, bow. No, no, yeah. no, that was cool. <laughs> that was, that, we that were, was cool. We were glued right behind them yeah. just watching out the front yeah. window. That thing's going up in the air and psh. Yeah, I mean, if I'm going to go, I'm going to go on Kodiak Island in a 90-mile-an-hour windstorm. Just to start. Just, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, was, it that was, was a hell of a trip. Getting there was a, a bitch, but uh, and, and the trip was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It was... It was one. I mean, that's gonna. So who put down the who, first who, who, who shot the most? Who fired the most shots on that trip? Oh, that. Oh, that's it. Yeah, you beat me on yeah. that. I on think that so. Glory. I think so. I took three at that second buck. I tend to be, in I, I tend to. I've, I've worn this belt for a while. Ben trigger happy? No, not trigger happy. So I just Ben and I both shoot uh, two seventy Weatherbees, mm-hmm. and we shoot the same load. Mm-hmm. And Ben's always like, yeah, it's so convenient for us that we both shoot the same load in case one of us needs extra shells. And I'm always yeah. like, Todd's never no, it's so shells. convenient for Ben because he has to shoot so much <laughs> that he always needs extra shells. So, Ben, what's going on? <laughs> oh, no, I mean, I, I think if you're listening to this, it might be a little over-dramatized. I don't know. Utah? Um, I, yeah, well, Utah was different. 
But that was a really long ways away. We're gonna get into this. That was it. Yeah, let's 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 stay on Kodiak. For yeah, now. we'll do Kodiak. Yeah. We'll get <laughs> we into this get Utah, Utah jargon. Yeah. I mean, do we want to go day by day, or do we want to uh, just go into Ben's the like this well, is fun and, anymore? And Stu, I don't like this podcast. No, no, no. Ben and Stu both um, killed bucks on that first we day. Got, yeah. And <laughs> and Cam. Can. So can. we went out that first day, all of our first day. That was hunt. after the wind. Yeah, mm-hmm. after that, the storm. That, that afternoon. And and we all came back to the boat. Uh, all three groups of two came back to the boat, and Ben killed one, Stu killed one, and Ken killed one. And it was because um, we got dropped off in a spot that we were like, oh, this doesn't look very good. I mean, <laughs> it geez. wasn't bu- oh, This isn't we, Bucky. We, I mean, we it, was just, it was it not was, Bucky where we got <laughs> dropped yeah. off. Yeah. And was, I'm like, man, it was, no, it was Bucky at the top, but yet was, there was this really big section of impassable alders. And you're like, they're like, hey, and it was kind of late today. in the day after that storm finally passed, and we got to the other side of the bay and out of the wind that I'm like, man, he's going to drop us off right there, and I don't think we're going to have time to get to the top of that before it's time to turn around and come back down. It was gnarly. Well, yeah. it was like, and we ended up getting to the top of it through a blizzard, feet. and yeah, it was it was. I think it was 2,400 feet on my watch. And probably to get from sea thing. level to the from top. From sea level, basically was... straight up through friggin' alders. <laughs> we, were, we were a quarter mile, you know, from shoreline to where we were. Yeah. 2,400 feet. It was Oh, wow. Yeah, it was yeah, like we you looking... grabbed the alders because you were using them to pull yourself yeah. up. And so we get to the top of it, and I'm like, okay, Stu, here's where I get to take over. I love this. Okay, Stu, we're just going to go right down into this other canyon because on the other side it opened up to this beautiful, uh, not a canyon, a valley. Mm-hmm. And we run down there and, and sit down and um, start glassing, and right off the bat, boom, there's a handful of bucks across the valley on this steep green slope with little beds carved out, uh, green stuff about three inches deep. Bucks just laying in their beds in the wide open, fully exposed, lit up in the sun. Oh, how great. Um, How'd you feel when you saw that? Um, Immediately, it was like, this is heaven on earth. This is why we're here. Yeah. Yeah. To be able to do a climb like that, and the second you sit down and set up your glassing, there's bucks to go after. We sat down in our spot to glass, and it was still windy, probably blowing like 40, 50, Mm -hmm. and... uh, so we're just having fun, like, after this gnarly grind up the hill. And uh, we sit down, set up in glass, and talk goes, how long before we see a buck? And right as we, you know, bring the binos out, it's like, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And then... That's pretty much what every day was yeah. like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty Time much everywhere me. we sat down to glass, it was like that. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of glassing. And, I mean, we all went there with two tags... And can you, you get more than two, or is yeah, two you you can get three, you can get three. a third, but that's just that's getting too ridiculous. For like greedy for a group of six guys, yeah. To each have three tags, and you yeah. go you go it hunting groups of two. Yeah, it was greedy as it was. Yeah. yeah, I I I was on a different buck killed and packed out six days straight. If we'd have had more tags. We would have had to be killing like two or three. Yeah, we'd have to have, have to double up. We'd have to have like daily. six deer days or four, four or six deer <laughs> yeah. days. That's what people dream to fill about. All the though. tags. Yeah. No, it was dream. Uh, it was beyond it dreams was as already. it was. Yeah. 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 
We absolutely. I mean, could. not that it was easy to get them. I mean, it's not yeah. like it was. We well, like, still have to work. You walk up and you shoot. Oh it. yeah. Have to hunt for them. Yeah, you're yeah. And, yeah, uh, you definitely have to hunt for them, but that's what was so great because yeah. you could hit the shore just after daylight, hunt all day, uh, you know, have a have a nice buck, get a good hike in, glass, get a buck picked out that you want to shoot because you'd have a couple hours to look all look them all over, mm-hmm. and then you'd have a couple hours stock maybe you kill your buck and and you're still just getting back to the boat. At dark, even killing one deer for the day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was, was just nonstop action. All. I mean, the you're... days were a little shorter up there. Yeah, we. That you know, you're not hitting the shore until far. nine. Nine o'clock. Right it's, around nine. It's just and then it's out. dark at five forty-five. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. So you can like sleep. So in. yeah, it's not yeah. like you had a fiddle. And, and and you're you're putting in a lot of miles and packing a lot of weight in tough country, and it is nice to go to that warm. Oh, that yeah. warm boat and have a good meal and a cocktail and relax and a cocktail yeah and a relax. nice place Hang to put your, your wet clothes in the strip down in the, in engine, the engine room. room so it's dry the next day and then nice get and a long night sleep yeah, you can was. sleep till eight get up and it's still pitch black out wow yeah. have breakfast yeah. it's and and then be ready to go when it's getting light yeah. at nine breakfast make your lunch gear up load your pack and then oh my by god that time it, you jump on the boat and, and the, uh, um, after breakfast, they put out the lunch-making stuff, and there's a loaf of bread, lunch oh, meat, halibut tuna. Halibut yeah, tuna. they had this halibut, thing. Halibut tuna. Bruce started calling halibut tuna. It was too, it was like a tuna fish salad, but made with halibut. Uh, yeah, he, was, he had this. He cooked a halibut fillet, and then um, you know put it in the fridge, let it cool down, just like shredded and, it, and then oh. shredded it and did it with the mayonnaise and all the stuff. Okay, so we started calling it, oh, it was yeah. The, Halibut yeah, tuna. Halibut tuna. Oh, it was uh, like tuna fish sandwich, but halibut. Todd and I, that one day we had those sandwiches, we could see the boat. We were maybe like a mile from shore, maybe. We're like, well, we still got another sandwich. We'd best sit down and just go ahead and eat this thing. So we <laughs> sat down, staring at the boat from up on this ridgetop, finished oh, up yeah. the rest of our lunch, hung the out. The food was, yeah. Even your lunch was like, I can't fucking wait till yeah. lunchtime. That second this day was good, so too. Good. Ben and Bruce went out and they killed that. Oh, yeah, big old that booner, big old <coughs> Crockett four pointer. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow, big one. That's awesome. With a big old body. Was that you? Big, people guy. underestimate the size big. of the bodies on those deer. Well, you showed me dark. the antlers the last time I was here, and like those are like that's a, for what I imagine for a Sitka. Yeah. Look at this those are stud bucks. Yeah. Look at yeah. Oh wow. Is that Bruce's? Yeah. And yeah. the antlers are so thick, dude. There's so much mass on yeah. them, I feel and like. And that, that buck's body is so big that his, an, like his antlers are more impressive rack. in your hand yeah. than yeah. they are in that the picture. The was impressive. I mean, yeah. that first forky that I killed was... They were all, they they were all horses, butterballs. Man. Yeah. So you bring up a really good point, which is back to, why are you missing all your shots? Oh, I'm not missing. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought, mean, I thought that's where we were going with it. I'm glad you cleared it up. Okay. to get it to run. He's okay. not missing his shots. He's missing his marks. Oh. Uh, yeah. Well, well you were saying what? Like, Forty miles. It's not like I'm shooting twelve times. You're, I'm gonna compare myself to Todd, where he pulls the trigger and the thing just kind of lays down, hunches like up, it's and just goes done. You know, but you hit it a little bit back, and then it runs a little bit further, and then you have to shoot again. And yeah. Oh, yeah. It's way more... Mine just it's, don't it's, tend to die as quick as tons. It's way more just something 
fun to give him shit about yeah. Yeah. than yeah. it is. No, that's a big why deal. I'm just I'm, I'm I'm jumping on in. Yeah, no, definitely not missing shots. I just use more shells than top. Okay. Yeah, he likes to tenderize them a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. That good bruised meat. I'll say the wind hosed us on that one. Yeah. We'll give you that, kind of. Yeah, it was the wind's fault. Yeah. Which wind one was that? I don't know. Justification. Oh, the one on the, the last one. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. We got ducks. No, I, yeah. So it's a reminder. Uh, yeah, that, we, so that was kind of a stormy day, and then the second one we went out, and we Bruce killed that one, yeah. I killed my first one. Yeah. Which that's kind of that's kind of a big that was kind of a big deal for me, mm-hmm. borderline emotional. Really? To, well, yeah, to get my first of that species. Yeah. And you know, hunting uh, Colombian blacktails all my life, and then thinking about uh, Sitka blacktail deer and looking at them and and learning about them and uh, gaining an interest from a pretty young age to actually kill them was cool. Yeah. And well, I, did I remember first Stu. hearing that you guys were going to go on that hunt. Yeah, that was uh, I was we did our last podcast before. Yeah, before that hunt. Yeah, I mean, and like that's just hearing the watching it all unfold, and then and and then getting to see the pictures of the food, but also getting to see the pictures of what it looked like out there, and then looking there was a picture of the deck of the boat. Yeah, and it was nothing but antlers. <laughs> yeah, like antlers and crab. Yeah, yeah. just a pile. Yeah, that That's, was that was a really cool thing about oh, the hunt too. Was wrapped around the whole thing. Yeah, every, you got a rail around the whole boat, so you just hang your everything the, off uh, and all your game bags off of it. Really? Yes, yeah, so you just had twelve bucks lining the whole. You aged the meat the whole time, so the bucks we killed on the first day, it's cold enough and windy enough to... Yeah, it didn't get over 40, 40 degrees. Yeah, so every night we'd come in, get warm, have our dinner. And go out to the back deck and either do some fishing or work on some meat or reorganize our packs, whatever it was. That just and, sounds like paradise. And oh, there, it was. And the antler oh box, every yeah. night you walked out there, it was a little bit more full. Yeah. Because they just throw some plastic bin out there and, hey, guys, throw your, throw your heads or throw your antlers in there as we go. And then by the end of it, you've got this overflowing oh, yeah. antler box. And you've Come. kind of, if you've killed one on early in the hunt... You forget what it looks like yeah. because it's at the bottom of the antler box. So every <laughs> few every few nights, days. yeah, you go through them and relook oh, oh, at them. I want to look at my book. Wait, whose is this again? Because yeah. there's so many. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it was like come to final Friday, and it takes oh six my God. people. Ken got Ken, Todd, and Mike went out the last day. Me, Stu, and Bruce stayed back, starting cutting meat, and we cut meat all the way till it was dark. Yeah. Yeah, that's not even a good one of the antler box. No, that was just a walk by. It was just a walk by. I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't, a guy couldn't take enough pictures while being there. Oh, yeah. Hence me. You need I a buy. dedicated photographer Hence, for a trip like that. Yeah, yeah. maybe well, Paul Bride can come down for us. Yeah. Did you hear that, Paul? I know you're listening, so the next time these guys go to Sitka. Yeah, I mean, that's Kodiak. why I, Kodiak. Kodiak. That's, that's why I uh, bought that camera. Sitka Blacktail Kodiak. Yeah, Paul. <laughs> I wish I had my camera on. That. Man, Paul's a great resource. He's he's such a, a nice guy, and anytime we ask him about photo stuff, he's just so willing to share his knowledge. Oh, yeah. yeah. Not only that, I mean, talk about a, a a ton of experience with vast yeah sceneries. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, and it's cool. Like you go see him, and he's like, "Hey, I saw your pictures," and you're like. Holy shit, Paul Bride fucking likes our pictures. Yeah. Yeah, and especially when he he'll point out a, he'll mention a couple 
Well, then he, he gets extra excited show. about yeah. it. Yeah, not just like I saw your pictures and I liked them, and like he points out a specific picture that he yeah liked. remembers it. Yeah, yeah. How cool is that? That's really cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I remember when he came up to you at Sheep Show and was talking to you about the photos you'd taken there. Yeah. And it was just like, you took some remarkable photos. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a, that's a huge compliment coming from it was years ago. Him. It was after our last Alaska trip. Mm-hmm. Remember the picture we your dad took of us and we were napping with our sleeping pads up leaned against our tripods oh, at camp. Yeah, have you ever done that? No. You inflate your, your air mattress and then you set up your tripod with one leg out the back a little further so you get... You know, two triangular against your back. Yeah. And then one leg out, and it kind of just leans. lean right into it. Yeah, and you make yeah. a couch out of your sleeping pad for glassing or sitting around. That sounds so comfy. And so it was Ben and I, in in this photo outside of our tent, and uh, the wind was blowing, so we're both kind of hunkered in with our glasses and our hats down, and the uh, door of the tents flapping in the wind, and we're sitting <laughs> there, there we are, uh, on the Arctic on tundra. Our... <laughs> yeah. And he was like. Guys, that photo was raw, man. <laughs> that photo was so raw. I mean, it was this so was like real. 2015. And, and yeah. we're like, whoa. Well, fuck. Paul Bride won't wow. shut up about our photo. That's pretty badass. <laughs> yes. Wow. So, what recommendations would you have for anybody that maybe wanted to go hunt Sitka? Just go. Yeah. Kodiak. Go. Not Sitka. Go hunt Sitka Blacktail in Kodiak. Oh, there's, yeah, and there's, and... Find out how to go. (laughs) Doing it on the boat the way we did it is just one of the the multiple options that are out there. Our coworker, Sean, right after we went, went just north of where we were, but got flown in on a plane, Mm -hmm. dropped on a river, and they had uh, rafts, and they would float down and go hunt the mountains and then hike back, and, and I mean, it yeah, and that's one way to do it. And yeah, yeah, you and that's can, camping. You know, you set up your bear fence and you have your and tents and camp. And after being there now and doing the boat thing, I feel like um, the right time of year. You know, you don't want to. I I wouldn't really want to do that when the weather could potentially be really bad. Mm-hmm. But it wouldn't be that big a deal to go and hire the same outfit that we took to drop us on a lake somewhere. Yeah, and yeah. just have our own camp and our own you know bear fi- battery powered bear fence. And go full, you know, DIY out of there. Oh, yeah. Oh, if yeah. you're ever going to do that. I'd save a bunch of money, too. I'm in. Yeah. I want to go. That sounds like so much fun. And That's those crazy. guys did good. Sean and them. Man, yeah. Sean killed a beautiful four-pointer oh, yeah. with his bow. They all filled their tags. Really? So, yeah, it's just there's there's different ways to do it, and it seems like it's all good. Of course, the deer population is high there right now. Yeah, yeah they've and had a lot of good always, wagers. So that's, they've got a good, good genetics going right now. With the sure. count. Yeah. yeah. Not a lot of winter kill. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Yeah, what an awesome place. Yeah. yeah. Highly recommended. So just look into it. Do the research. Find the right outfitter. Yeah. And not, yeah, yeah and, and a lot of them aren't even outfitters. They're, Transport they're transporters. Yeah, oh, you really? You have to have that's, an outfitter. Okay. I mean, our hunt was technically... A transport yourself because once we were hunting, we were by ourselves. Yeah, yeah. But, it, uh, it was basically they were room and board for us. Yeah, yeah. They a little us off and pick us up, and that was. I mean, a little earlier in the year, we could load our stuff the exact same way as we go and do a mule deer hunt, or um, or even just like we did up there doing uh, uh, caribou. And we could get dropped off, and it would be the exact same thing as what you're pulling out of the bed of your truck. Um, you would be pulling out of the bush plane. Yeah. 
and just do it like a backpack hunt. Ultralight truck hunting. Ultralight. Yeah. Boat hey, hunting. ultralight airplane hunting is next. Yeah, ultralight like bush plane. It's not next. People have been doing it forever. You can <laughs> do it on Kodiak. I yeah. It's awesome. My pilot's license. We'll be dialed in. Oh yeah. yeah. Hurry up. I see you out there doing your things on the Snapchat. Trying. Doing. Trying. Flying around. It's pretty epic. We're waiting for him to get it. Yeah. Hey, Stu, take us to Idaho. Yeah, so Stu's going to get his pilot's license. Then I get them to chip in. Um, Fly us into Frank Church. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Maybe a helicopter? That would be ideal. Yeah. yeah. I mean, which which license were you harder going for? Well, fixed wing's easier to It's a little cheaper, a little easier to get. So I'm gonna, my plan, fixed wing first and then get into rotorcraft. But with fixed wing, man, you, you pitch in. Get a little bush plane, dialed in. Poof. Then we'll strap you to the wing. Hang on. Just wrap it around the wings. I'll hold on yeah. on top of the plane. I mean, I follow, you know, on the Instagram, I look at all these bush pilots in Alaska. They got antlers it, hanging from the wing. And I'm just like, man, that is ideal. Do they on really? The, oh, yeah. yeah it's, those, they're so cool to, I mean, the first one out of Kotzebue that we did in with the Tundra tires, that one was awesome. And I... I felt really good in that one, but uh, for some reason, the one heading south on Kodiak. Oh, yeah, that was a bumpy ride. That one gave me some pitches in the old tummy. Oh, that really? Was, we yeah. were nasty. That was nasty. It was windy. It, it was pretty. We it, it was borderline. They were talking like, yeah, guys, we're hoping to be able to get you out. It's getting pretty bad, but we think we can do yeah. it. And we're like, oh, This was that, that storm that, if we didn't make it in time, was coming in that yeah. would delay us for two days. Yeah. Oh, okay. So we flew out right before that. Like, oh, well, like right was, on the edge of it. Yeah. But that one, that still, the next morning, we woke up to 90 mile an hour wind. <laughs> that flight in, I was, there were a couple times like, whoo. But even still, okay. um, we're bumping and moving. Those, uh, those bush planes feel, I mean, those things, you feel safer. I feel safer in those than I do in a commercial airplane. In a big oh, one. Absolutely. Yeah. And just the, you know, Andrew Airways, the, the pilots and their experience, mm-hmm. 100% nope. comfortable. The other plane flying back in. The guy that flew them flew Timothy Treadwell out when he got eaten by the bear. He's the guy that oh, found really? him getting eaten. Yeah. He's in the documentary. Oh, yeah. God. And then he was talking about it with, um, I believe it was Tyler. Yeah. On the last podcast. Yeah. Yeah, that, that documentary that Anthony was talking about is the guy that, he flew my dad. Where you can hear the guy get him. eaten. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. flew over like not long after. Yeah, he picked those guys up. And was like, hey, guys, you don't mind uh, taking an extra 20 minutes and checking some stuff out, do you? They're like, hell no. They got the grand tour. We were loaded. We had like yeah, all we were above yeah, the clouds. We were getting iced up. We were on the first flight out. So, yeah, we had, These guys we, are fucking we had all kinds of meat and all the, the stuff. Fucking mountain yeah, they're out there. Face planting into the hillside. Yeah, they get back to the dock like a bunch of bears giggling schoolgirls. They're yeah. fucking bears swimming through uh, like, ponds and believe shit. what we saw. He banked us in on this. There we are all just fucking just coasting above yeah. the clouds. How unreal. Yeah. Wish we had that story to tell. Yeah. We, we just have, we have the other one. We have our bear story, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. We could sure tell you what the top of the clouds looked like. Yeah. Fluffy? No, yeah. icy. That's what made me nervous. I oh, didn't, yeah. But... I didn't say anything to these guys, but it's an old de Havilland beaver. Great plane. Like, early 70s, I believe. But And you know your plane. Yeah, and we're taking off, and I'm like... Obviously. I'm like, okay, this is... We're loaded heavy. Gar- I know we're loaded heavy. We got... 
you know, however many boxes of meat, each box is 50 pounds. So I'm like doing the math in my head. And we go and take off. And we're using a hell of a lot more water to take off leaving the boat than when we went to the boat. So that start, I got nervous first and he's, he's making this climb. We're kind of doing this long climb out of this little, out of the bay. I'm like, well, well, we're heavy. We're, it's okay, no problem. And we start getting into some nasty weather, so he tries to climb up above it. I go, well, this VFR, he has no, you know, electronic navigation. And I see him, I look down, and he's pulling the notch of flaps in on the plane. I go, well, he's trying to produce more lift. This is making me a little nervous. And I look out at the wings. Well, first, I'm sitting in the front, you know, right next to the pilot. And I look, and we're getting some ice up on the windshield. Oh, okay, that ain't good. Icing adds weight and creates more drag, causing produced lift. Yeah. And he pulls another nap, notch of flaps. I'm going, oh no. And not only that, but you look out the windshield and you see the tops of these mountains ahead of you, and you're not even higher than the tops of those mountains, and then you disappear <laughs> into a cloud for 10 minutes and you can't see you're shit. Like, no. yeah. You're like, how the hell does this huh. guy know that we're not about to run right. into one of those you, tops of the mountains? You can see the distance of your visibility was from the tip of your nose to however far away that windshield was from your face. Yeah, yeah. At one point, you don't see the prop in front of you. You're yeah. like, huh. Hope, hope he's good you're like, guessing. Well, yeah. We must have got past those mountains because I thought we were going to hit him like three minutes ago. <laughs> so I just, I kind of tried to just put myself to sleep a little bit. I was tired. I'm like, well, if we go down, I mean, I'd rather not watch. You know? <laughs> But I'm watching these wings. I said we'd punch out of these clouds, and we're like over Andrew Airways' little yeah. their dock, and I go, oh, sweet. We start coming down. Ice melts. It was all good. We just had a. Blast. We survived. Yeah. But just meanwhile, the pilots probably like these guys probably think we're fucked, but <laughs> we're yeah. not. Yeah, but we're I've fine. been flying in this for fifty years. Oh, and... that was the thing. Absolute confidence, and he did everything right. And... Yeah. Fuck. The way out was a little bumpy, right? The guy was fucking eating a sandwich. Yeah. So was, he was eating a, a tortilla wrap. It's yeah. so cool to. I mean, I can't I wait to I go in one I don't of those planes. Six or oh, seven yeah. years ago, I didn't really ever think I'd be taking something like a float plane or a bush plane to my hunting areas, and now that we do and and we have, it's I'm kind of a cool for thing. That, yeah. Oh yeah, and do it. You know, for me having. You know, growing up hunting, taking a pretty long hiatus from it. And all, it's a different story. Um, and then, like, getting the invite to go with these guys to Kodiak. Yeah. It was just like, absolutely, I don't, whatever we got to do to go, I'm there. And it was, for me, it was being able to hunt with Todd almost every day, being there with Ben, my dad, Bruce, who's a real good family friend, Ken, nicest guy in the world. It was just like, I. it was very powerful for me and I just it was great it was, yeah oh yeah hunt was, like that'll change you man it did and it really for me it like you know because I was gaining more and more interest into hunting and then with that it's like dude I'm I'm in it huh. committed committed hard yeah so you also had a pretty epic experience in California this year yes so what happened for you in California this year well because Todd and I talked about it yeah. He, oh, wait, have we introduced ago. him as my brother? No, I don't oh, think... Hey, 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 hey why don't you tell Todd's, us who you are, Stu? Yeah, Todd's uh, big little brother. Yeah, Stu Harney, Todd's brother. Uh, a little taller, better looking, and not as good of a hiker. <laughs> but no, we had a... Uh, you know, I got... 
I kind of got back into it. I was at the Kuyu Garage Sale, whatever it was, the last one they had. Um, a buddy of mine and I came up here. We stayed at Todd's house, and just that was really, honestly, what kind of got me back into like finding the drive and the passion for it. Uh huh. And just talking to the people, we you know we stood in line for a couple hours. Yeah. And just mingling with the people around, and just absorbing the information and talking back and forth and just seeing everybody's drive for it really kind of re- rekindled my fire, if you will. Were you there the day before or did you go there day after? Uh, we came up here the night before mm-hmm. and burned the barn down. <laughs> and, and the Out West Outdoors guys were here and we barbecued, usual top fashion barbecue. We drank more than our share. Ended up playing basketball in the guy across the street's hoop at Three in the morning. <laughs> oh my god! My dad's out there. He had his work. He came up maybe a little before me. And he's out there. He had his slippers on. Went into his truck, tied on his Reeboks, put on his running shoes. He's out there trying to dunk on us. <laughs> three in the morning. <laughs> three in the morning. Before the garage sale. Yeah. So we and then you know we get up the next morning and what not but an hour and a half later we got up to head to Kuyu to go to the garage sale but. Uh, like I said, that that really drove me, and then I just got into, you know, picked the bow back up, started shoot. I shot religiously. I still do right now. Yeah. And uh, we, for my bachelor party, we went up. We did Northwest Mountain Challenge at Hoodoo, Oregon, and then basically Todd. Oh yeah. So so we went into we went into A Zone Archery season. Stu was Stu was ready. You were ready. I was I was more than ready. Yeah. So we go. You know, my dad and Todd been going. Uh, Mendocino County for however many years, opening weekend archery religiously. I, you know, they said, "Hey, we're going to go. If you want to go," I said, "Yes, I'm there." So we go, and you know, I'm trying to f- find my spot. You know, <laughs> and uh, we get up, do the thing. We hit the glassing spot. We're coming back down. So I say, hey, we saw some deer run in front of us, and uh, a shooter, decent fork and horn. I drew back, missed. Uh huh. Oh yeah, I forgot you missed a buck at the I, beginning I of that. I missed the first buck. It was, huh? It was totally in my. Head. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't waste any bullets though. I lost the arrow, and it was it was a hundred percent within my way comfortable shooting range. But first deer I'd shot in, I couldn't tell you how many years, and I missed. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't I was even, deflated. It doesn't even matter how much you practice. Oh, you yeah. can't oh, practice yeah. no. for that point. Well, it wasn't it, it yeah. wasn't the shot practicing. It was target panic or you know buck fever. If you will, I was pumped, man. Yeah, and Stu's all deflated. <laughs> I was I was bummed out. You know, I'm like, ah, man. And uh, <laughs> who hasn't been there? Yeah, I got over it pretty Kinda quick. Kind of nice. Though. He let that. And uh, so we went. Todd whipped up his famous camp breakfast burritos. Yeah. And we went for a walk up the hill. From the wasps. That's what, yeah. Oh, yeah, the wasp. Todd Todd's goes, you signature just gotta, bre- Gary's breakfast burrito. Yeah. And then the wasp, you know, Todd's like, you just gotta, you just gotta kind of ask them to get out of the way, and they're fine. Yeah, God. Burn them with a the torch. I hate bees. Me too. I hate bees. Yeah. Anthony will tell you. I'm not a fan. Bees yeah. are terrifying yeah. for me. Yeah, all you Montana guys think you're tough. Yeah, Don't hunt bees. with wasps. <laughs> yeah. Bees are one of those things. If you be nice to them, they'll They're be nice, nice to, you. to you. Oh yeah. But you I mean, just gotta, you just gotta. What what freaks mingle with them, right? Well, what freaks me out about bees is like, have you ever come up on a carcass that you find in the in a gut pile or something, and you find it in the in the forest, and it's not a carcass, it's a yellow jacket, 
It's like that, that big. bright yellow. There is nothing on it but pulsating bees. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That freaks me out. Trying to yeah. skin a bug. Get the fuck out of here! Yeah, yeah they can start getting frustrated. Yeah, once it. you get frustrated, they sense it, and then they're frustrated, and it's all downhill from there. Yeah, but yeah, so Stu but, missed that buck. We went out for the afternoon. Yeah, so we get up for the afternoon hunt. And Todd told the story, you know, I guess on an episode that's coming out, and uh, we get up the hill and we're Only walking, single file line, and uh, we're not walking, we're sneaking. Oh yeah, we're sneaking in yeah. Bucky Country. And it was. Bucky country. Well, yeah, it's so noisy. I mean, you have to, you have to cover country as if you're stalking to remain quiet it's enough like, yeah. to walking bother. We're still hunting country, yeah, because yeah. 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 you're walking across ground. It's pretty much just covered in potato chips. Exactly, ready to burn at any moment. Yeah, yeah. Like so, if you stepped too hard, it would catch on fire. Yeah, like, <laughs> sparks so, from the boots. I'm stepping in Todd's foot tracks. We're just walking the same path, or else he turn around. and get mad at me for crunching a stick even though sometimes it's him <laughs> i learned that trick. <laughs> yeah right? yeah so you stop if you hear him you, step, oh my in God. you step in todd's footsteps so you yeah. don't have to but then when he crunches you don't put your foot down so yeah. he looks back and hopefully he said i didn't step uh-huh. it wasn't me don't yell at me yeah. so i don't <laughs> crunch any sticks yeah because you weigh 140 pounds <laughs> yeah with this pack in a deer on fuck you good <laughs> so yeah he he sees this deer as I'm, like, really sneaking away in big belly. You know, I got to take it easy on the sticks. And uh, so he kind of grabs me by the chest and he goes, put an arrow on. Put an arrow on. And he ranged it for me, gave me the yardage, set it, and he just, like he said, he goes, it's a 3D target. That's all it is. Uphill shot, pulled the trigger, boom. And then I started getting excited. Yeah. He's like, wait, wait, fucking calm down. Oh, it's yeah. Not done yet. There's nothing worse than getting excited too early. Yeah. I was excited <laughs> early. Yeah. And then I, he kind of pulled me back together and we gave it another one just for good procedure. And then I could get, I could get excited. And then you felt good about oh, it. Oh, it was great. <laughs> good procedure. Yeah. It was, uh, no, it was, that meant, it really did mean a lot to me having my dad and Todd there. And we made it happen. It was well, fantastic. And that goes back to what we started out the podcast with, which is, you know, the tradition. Yeah. Right? It's a family. It's a community. Yeah. You know what I mean? I and mean, that, yeah, well, you know, everyone talks about the big hunting community as a whole, but, like, you have your own little hunting unit. community. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the one that, <laughs> that's, that's the one that really matters. Yeah. You know? And you also were in that, that video that you guys just put out recently... Oh yeah, Stu said it gave that video gave him the chilies. Oh, it did. Oh, for that, sure. That was powerful. For it was sure. super powerful. Having known with Ben and his dad and Todd and the picture of um, our grandpa and me and Todd with him and that boar, it just it was like it was powerful, man. It did. It, it gave me the chilies for sure. You know, but and so then fast forward to the situation from this year, and there you are with your family and all three of you guys are together. And you get to take that buck. Oh, yeah. You know, and your dad gets to witness it. You know, and it's it's a whole... Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. What was. You know, what was that like for you? It was it was huge. And that it really it reinforced that fire, like I said, of why we do this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it just... I was pumped. I'm still pumped. I mean, I love, I love telling the story. I, that was like... That was something I'll never forget. Mm-hmm. Having both of them there and 
taking that shot, it was it was cool. Right on. Really cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Goes back to next time. I just won't get excited. Character building. You don't get to live <laughs> through that kind of stuff without it affecting the way that you grow up. Oh yeah. Right. Or you know, like you said, maybe how you'll be with your kids out in the field when you, if you, if and when you have kids. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's that's the thing because, I mean, I want to be able to. I would hope to have the chance to be able to hunt with my kids as my dad hunts with us now. Yeah. And, Your dad is so great. And so he was like, "Yeah, man, talk about a tough sucker. We, we should we should go on a yeah. tangent with him." Yeah, yeah. 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 Edit out half of this thing. We're starting again now. Yeah. <laughs> talking about Mike. Oh man. He what is. a what a tough son of a bitch, and uh, God, I mean he he, just, he was doing all the same stuff uh, back in the seventies and eighties when he was our age, mm-hmm. doing the exact same thing. Yeah, and there was no. I He's mean, it, it was kind of like a small suffer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. No, it doesn't right. matter what hunt he goes on. He doesn't wear base layer bottoms or anything. He just wears his pants. Oh, I got that from him. Like, yeah, yeah. He, he do the same thing. He there will, he is. He will like, never pack a there bottom. Freezing cold, and he's sitting there shivering. And you look over, and he's got the vents open up on his pants, and yeah. you can see his skin. And you're like, <laughs> Mike, you could like put something on underneath that, keep you a little bit more warm. You know like, they've revolutionized oh, that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's like, it's not my legs that are making me cold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he said, when we were packing for Kodiak, he goes, what are you going to wear? I'm like... Uh, attack pants and guide pants. He's like, yeah, you bring a base there. I said, nah. He goes, yeah, Tongue Ben probably get cold. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I kid you not, I was fucking hot, dude, the whole time. Uh, Except for when I laid down in that creek to shoot and I forgot to close the vent on my rain pants. <laughs> then I was fucking cold. But yeah, he's a tough son of a bitch, oh, man. Yeah, how about when we go to Colorado? Yeah, I mean, he oh, keeps man. up with us the whole time. Yeah. Well, I mean, he may not keep up, but he, he, makes, eventually, he eventually makes it, makes to our it camps. there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, we got to watch him in Colorado. We hiked all the way up this mountain and hooked back around and we're glassing back above the trail. So we got to watch him come up the trail. And that's trail. like 12.5, and he gets altitude. He, he requires a couple days of altitude acclimation. Mm-hmm. How old is he? 50, high 50s. Yeah. I hate to insult the guy. 58, I want to say. Yeah, well. He's 63. We'll call it a conservative 58. <laughs> yeah. It's well, he acts like he's 59. That's I think great. he's 59. Yeah. <laughs> but, but still, at 12,500 feet, trying oh, yeah. to keep up with a couple 29-year-olds. Yeah. The I'm last getting, time we hunted there. I'm getting pictures. They come off the hill, and I'm not getting pictures of deer. I'm getting pictures of my dad's feet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just hammered. <laughs> it looked like those suckers got halfway put remember the time that yeah, we he puts his boots right back on oh, and yeah. hikes in the next day yeah you know yeah I mean? he's just you you he he's so tough that no matter how fast we go or how hard we go or how far we go and how long it is that we that it is till he shows up we know he'll show up mm-hmm. he'll be there and then he shows up and he's like hey guys uh so how's it going? Did you see anything? Uh, man, some food sounds good. Are we yeah. going to set camp here? Okay, that sounds good. We're like, man. He plays it to his advantage. He lets you guys get up there and start glassing. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he conserves that energy. 
Probably. He keeps it for the next day. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. He's hey. just waiting on you guys to He's find like, everything I'll get for up him. there and they'll have it all glassed up and bucks found him. Oh yeah. Exactly. But he'll he he can find his own bucks and he oh, yeah. he, oh, yeah. he kill He's uh He's got a good set of rafters that I kind of have formulated mine after. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just a little bit more. I'd love to see his pictures. Well, and what's cool is is kind of relating again to the family theme that we seem to be have have going here is um, he was hunting over in Nevada back in the eighties. The areas that he first took me when I was able to to go and and that Ben's gone and yeah the. Um, same country that we've hunted over and over now. Yeah. And he's kind of passed his knowledge on to us, and now we're able to run with it in places like that. And he's killed good bucks over there, and now we've killed good bucks yeah. in these places, now and it's cool. we're starting to teach him things, like running his binos on tripods. And, yeah. And he's like, oh, my God, I w- wish we would have done this years ago. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so much easier. <laughs> yeah. So, I guess, we're, we, you know... We've covered a lot. I think so. We've covered all different kinds Forgot of stuff. We were recording. Yeah, know, we've been just... recording the whole time. So, this is going to be the fun part. All right. The Dead Eye question, the Dead Eye minute. Right. So, it's basically we partnered with Dead Eye, and you guys all know that. So, we always get to come up with fun little questions. So, this question actually... Hold on, you did a plug for Deadeye earlier. Oh, I did? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, those guys are great. Nikolai and them? Oh, yeah. I love them. Yeah. They're so much fun. Great guys. So, here's another plug. So, here's another <laughs> plug. This is the question. Wait, who are you sponsored by? Deadeye. Yeah. Outfitters. Deadeye Outfitters. But, the best part is... They're not outfitters. They're not outfitters. <laughs> Did you get those Santa Claus socks from them? Yeah, my, my red, white, and blue. Yeah. I love their socks, those dude. I seriously, I, they're the other kind of outfitters. Yeah, like literally outfit, outfit. Yeah. apparel outfit. Yeah, yeah, but they like, outfit you. I cruise their website. Yeah, it's a good website. Yeah, I haven't been on it in a while. I just got to order some stuff. They didn't oh, have man. what I wanted in two X, so I gotta wait. Right? Yeah. Just send them a message. I'll tell them you sent me. Just tell them I sent you. <laughs> tell them that fucking no holds barred, dude. You're yeah. coming in and messing up the shop. Just send it. Tell them you're taking skulls. Perfect. Yeah. And um, some socks. And some socks. Their socks are super comfy. America. Yeah, look at that. Oh, yeah. I mean, Andy, that's a good sock. Andy right now has a yoga position going in his seat to show us his socks. Yeah. I'm well, we kind of pretzeled it. a little bit. Ooh. I don't know if my leg will go that high. Oh, ouch. Oh, I might pull a hemi. Yeah, I was going to say. You might so, get a hemi. this question, and this could actually be a tangent topic. And this is from DP Hunt Fish. Hunt and Fish. Is this is a, a listener? Is that a website? It's a listener. Oh, it's a listener. nice. DP Hunt and Fish. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know what DP stands for. <laughs> Deep penetration. That's oh, okay. Like, that's Ben's shooting double. He's got a yeah. double penetration. Double penetration. <laughs> yeah, there there it is. Is that like you're shooting the front of the deer and then the back of the deer? Or? Yeah, just like two bullets penetrate twice. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's double pens. Or one scares them, penetrates the earth, and then the second, <laughs> one, the second one penetrates the deer. So, do you post pictures of the public land you're successful hunting for Instagram to identify where it is and ruin it? Oh, is this for me? This is for all of you. Oh, God, it's Wait, easy. I just do don't post. you? Yeah. 
Wait, I don't post on Instagram at all. <laughs> you you posted four <laughs> pictures on your Instagram. Yeah, and I've been drunk in every one of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I I mean, I put up pictures of the stuff I kill. Yeah. Um, but he said of the area, right? Yeah. And, do you show the area? Oh, I'm I'm usually very careful yeah, with no. what's in the background. Yeah. Like anal careful. Yeah. Yeah. Like you think it's far fetched. They're like, oh, yeah, what are they going to see a mountain peak and be able to find where I'm hunting? It's like, yeah, that's exactly what they do. Actually, it's exactly what people do. I usually go through my mind on the number of people that I know that do know where I'm hunting and whether or not they will be able to tell of, you know, what specific area of that bigger area where it was, not to throw my friend's trail off, but just to... I don't know. I feel I feel like if I'm bouncing information off of other guys that have hunted in this spot before, I don't want to ruin it for them either. Yeah. So to not only being careful for your own good, but for the good of maybe people who have shared with you about a spot before, respecting them. Friends. Yeah. It's Absolutely. Cheap, cheap insurance. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. It doesn't matter what you see. Well, I mean, do you I, think people think there's something uh, wrong or weird about that? About posting pictures online of no about hearts? about being careful about no I mean I don't I think I think that there's more guys that are more worried about other people posting pictures in places that they hunt because I know people that get messages from other people that have like looked at something in the background of a photo and been like dude you're blowing up the spot that I hunt and yeah. it's people they don't even know right I would never want to be in that kind of a position yeah. I'd be like, oh, man, dude, I'm sorry. I know. Now that you pointed out, I should have known, but I tend to know already. Mm-hmm. I think once I did one that was was really, you could tell where I was. I wasn't hunting. I was just looking at migration herd. Yeah. But I remember I, I had posted a picture 2015, and uh, I got a screenshot from somebody who didn't have Instagram <laughs> who was like, what are you doing posting pictures of this place? Somebody did, did that. Did you know the guy? I knew the guy who texted me, but I didn't know how he got the picture. Oh. Somebody did that to me back in the day, back in high school, uh-huh. on the Blacktail Country Forum. Oh, really? And I killed this buck in, in some national forest down on the coast. You should say had exactly a pack where out, it is, because he might be listening right now. And had a pack out him. photo of it. <laughs> And then and I and I shared it on there and wrote a story about the hunt, and then the next morning I go on there and log on, and I've got a message and it's from this guy and he has a uh, screenshot of Google Earth with an X in the middle. Hey, I found your spot. This is where you were standing in that picture. Nice buck. So he just blew you out. Yeah. No, in a in a private message oh. to me to tell me he found yeah. me. So I'm like, man, See, does that mean this it guy? Happens. Oh yeah. Does that mean that this guy is te- that's his way of telling me that I blew up that spot? Does he hunt it also, or is it just this totally awkward guy who found wanted your to spot tell me based I based off your picture? Yeah. Yeah. And if that was the case, then why would he tell me? Because after that, I'll be more careful, and he won't be able to find spots anymore. Yeah. It was a weird one. It's it's just interesting to me, especially with social media and backgrounds and like, you know, you talk to the Out West Outdoors guys, they they go as far as they'll show their photos, but they'll Photoshop other backgrounds into their photos. 
so they'll take they'll take photos and then post them with a completely different skyline oh, that was in the original. Oh, that's getting too far for me. I in the original I photo. I, I wouldn't want it to um, change the actual setting and the trueness. I mean, there's something so true about a photo. It's yeah. literally, it's a photo. Yeah. It's, it's a, a, it's a, it's a frozen moment, moment in time exactly. of exactly what is in front of it. Yeah. I mean, and to change that, that's ah, half of how you get a good photo is your timing. Right. Yeah, that that bums me out actually. Like you guys bit. passed out against your tripods. What's it? It sucks that you have to actually wonder that now. Is what I'm looking at what really was there? Yeah. Because that totally, to me, defeats the purpose well, of a photo. Uh, you know, and it's funny for me because I have what a terabyte and a half of photos that I've taken inside the last year and a half, two, three years, or whatever of of photos from all over the places that I hunt. And I go through hundreds of photos and I won't post so many photos that are so beautiful and such great photos because I don't want to show what's in the background we're, we're the same or what way. i'm looking at i mean yeah. mccade in the in in who sets up our newsletters yeah he'll email over to me every once in a while hey todd uh do you have a photo of you or ben in the field on a hunt using this product and i'll be like yeah i do and, and immediately some come to mind and then i have to go through them and be like okay geez this yeah. one's the only if one if he wants to use worthy. this one i'm going to have to crop it down probably more than he wants it otherwise oh, i'm going to tell him sorry work. yeah and but no that, i mean like without exposing too much oh, in the photo yeah. and yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, i will go as far as flipping it um, you know 180 degrees yeah so it's just facing the other direction so a casual viewer who might otherwise recognize it doesn't uh, and that's about it yeah, you not gonna like Photoshop in a new background on yeah. the photo. <laughs> no, I love the crude ones that have like the fog over the peaks. And you're like, that's, <laughs> like I can see that one's a perfect circle. Fishing guys on the Delta do that a lot, and yeah. they don't try. They don't care. They're like, I want to show you my fish, and then I'm just gonna completely put a black line across, across the, the back bank the on the background, <laughs> so you don't know where I caught it. <laughs> Even though the the rest of his school probably is 50 miles away by now. Yeah. It was like 2007. Thanks, dude. Good thing I don't know where you caught that. <laughs> yeah. It's always so funny. Oh, man. That was a tangent of a dead-eye question. Yeah, man. Well, oh, I, yeah. Wait, what was the question again? <laughs> uh, do you, posting photos on Instagram, are you, are you posting them for the Instagram, you know, or, you think, mm-hmm. or do you actually take into account what's in the background and are you exposing too much of an area? Yeah, I guess you can... It's just, it's such an interesting thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I have so many photos of such great sunsets all over. I guess the question would be, are you really personal about your hunting areas? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, man. Share a unit. Good like, hunting areas are sacred. Yeah. Absolutely. You share the unit. At least, like, out of state, you share the unit. But I don't even share you're units. not like we go to this trailhead and we hike in and we hop over this ridge and then we go around the corner and then we hunt that big basin over there. Yeah. Like, that <laughs> like, would just defeat the purpose of, like, doing all the work and finding it. When I, I took when I took Anthony to Utah last year, um, I didn't tell him where we were hunting until the week before we were hunting it. I put in for all the tags. I put oh, in for all the... the word. <laughs> no, I don't think we'd spread the word. I just that's how that's how protective I am over oh, yeah. you know what I'm doing when I'm out there. 
Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it, it can, until you it can yeah, I was going to say, it can get way too far, too. Like, yeah, you shouldn't, nobody should be blindfolding their buddies to go to the hunting spot. <laughs> Down the road? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, you should be, like, sending him pictures of the area. Yeah. Tell him where it is so he can do his own little Google search. Yeah, yeah. it was the what week if, what prior if you to guys, the hunt. What if you guys wanted to split off and go hunt different areas? You we don't get You only give him a week to learn it yeah. On, online? Yeah. And he hands him a whistle. Jeez. <laughs> Here's your rape whistle. Yeah. Call yeah. me when you need me. Do you Here's send him off with a player. self-destructing <laughs> bomb in his back, too? <laughs> you have one Maybe. hour to kill a deer. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you studied well. <laughs> If you get lost, don't worry yeah. about it. Yeah, wow. What a dick. <laughs> yeah, right? Jeez. What do you what were you worried about before the hunt? No, nah, I'm just It's it's after the guy's been there and realized how good it is that you should be worried about. I'm just protective. Oh, man. I, for me, I I'll, I'm I'm like I'm pretty protective over spots. You're a blindfolder. I've I've had I'd spots say. poached from me and stolen from me. I've you know all different kinds of things with being you know. I mean, I work with a lot of new hunters. I take a lot of new people out who have never hunted before. I try to help as many people as I can, you know. But also entail with that is a blindfold. A blindfold. Yeah, God, know? you do a lot. I do. You're busy. No, I'm not. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't do anything. <laughs> Andy Mokel, the guy is just no, education. I don't want to. You make dyes for practically every tie dye product in the world. <laughs> yeah, you tell us about your job, and we're like, man, I forgot take, he worked. I thought yeah, he just drove around in his truck, going from like one event. You take to veterans the next. hunting all the time, and now you're running a podcast. No, this year I didn't really take that many vet, vets hunting. I yeah, didn't. It seems no. like you've slowed down a bit on that. Yeah, I I, uh, I took a couple guys out, but I didn't do the fundraiser hunts this year. Um, you know, just more worked with a couple different guys one on one, and and left it at that. Oh, well, well you're, you're still really busy. Yeah, yeah, you're clear over here in Sacramento There's tonight. One having a good time. You're going to another uh, thing tomorrow. Up you you might you might come to our pack of. You're gonna oh, try yeah. and squeeze in our pack event. At I'm the excited office. for that, dude. The pack event sounds like so much fun. Yeah, yeah. Forgot about that. We got that tomorrow. Here's the, my list. My Lanta. It's got some color on it. I put some. <laughs> I put some color on it too. It's I saw that. It oh yeah. yeah. Ben, ben and I both that. left our offices and met in the hallway on both on the way to the printer. With our own format to print our gear list today. And What's we your gear format on, list look like compared to his? Um, his is mine, his is his oh, is the other way. Yeah, mine's oh, in oh, mine mine's is vertical. In, uh, his is horizontal. That's I'm in landscape mode. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I don't know. I I just I I thought landscape would resonate with the viewers a little better. Yeah. Oh, so you're gonna you'll you push hand it out to everybody. We are. Yeah, oh, everyone's yeah. gonna get everyone one. Everyone will get a copy and a notepad, and they'll be able to take notes on the and stuff. And don't we worry. Go over. I mean, we put a big giant trash can next to the front door, so that oh, if you don't want to keep it, you can just throw it away. If Andy were doing this, he'd say, "Okay, he'd record it all." Give him the notepad and just play that thing and fast forward. <laughs> you write down as much as you can. Fast forward <laughs> well in reverse. Yes. We should put a sign on the trash can by the door that says um, gearless. Yeah. Gearless in here. <laughs> gearless deposit. Yeah. yeah. Gearless deposit. <laughs> it's the gearless depository. It'll be full of our crumpled up gearless that we tried to give to guys during the seminar. It's okay. Right? It's weird. We... Um, we go and do those things and have a bunch of our... We always have a big turnout for stuff like that. And I think we take for granted a lot of the little stuff 
that we just kind of acquire you know, the information and knowledge that, that we might blow past and not elaborate on yeah, that I mean, ends up being the things we hear later were huge topics for people so i think <laughs> since, it, since it's yeah. tomorrow that's what i'm trying to keep in my head is things to focus on mm-hmm. well like i said i mean we've gone through the process so many times of looking at it and being like i don't fucking need this i never use this mm-hmm. or it's down to like i i use i use everything that's in my pack yeah there's nothing that i don't use or that i don't wear well, something, and I, I like the point you brought up, man, is there's things where guys like me or guys like you guys, you know, or people have been hunting for years and years and years and years. There's things that we develop having gone through years of just trial and error and picking out what we want to do and what we don't want to do and what works for us and what doesn't work for us, mm-hmm. where we just breeze over it when we're trying to explain stuff to people. And then they're like, but wait, tell me about that. I want to know more about that one part that you barely touched on. And that's on. what we're hoping yeah. to establish from the get-go is that we want people to raise their hands as we're talking and ask us to elaborate on something here I mean, and there. It, I don't it feel makes like it so if much easier. I was sitting in the crowd would want to hear someone just go through this list and talk about uh, what's in their pack and why they brought it. Yeah. I just, where we want it to be interactive. Like if we hit a spot and you're like, Wait, so why do you put that in there? Why didn't you put this? Or did you ever think about taking that? Like, that's what we'd rather talk about. Yeah. I think I think your point of view versus, say, mine, because, like, reading over your list, it's like, oh, that's okay. I look at it. Going back to experience, you guys versus, say, me or, or somebody that's going to go to this thing, is like, how many times do I text you asking you about something that I may or may not need. Oh yeah, that's buy or, yeah, that's that's you know. true. What's your recommendation? He uh, Stu upgraded on his tripod recently, which um, someone else needs to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no fingers pointed at anybody. No, Ben. All right. What would you put down for your Ben's tripod? Ben's tripod's weight? heavier than his rifle. Let me try and find it. Here. <laughs> and, yeah. Oh, I use the Vanguard Alta two three three AO. That's pounds, two, three, three. No, I wish. It's three pounds, 6.9 ounces. How many? I use a Vanguard tripod three head. Three pounds, 6.9 head. ounces. With the head? Do you use the long bar head or a short yeah, bar head? Yeah, with the head. Okay. Uh, it came with a long bar, but I cut it down. With I use, that's the head, I, I use that same head. It's like the PH113. Or, yeah, I thought it was That was another thing. I mean, I was looking <laughs> at it when I touched yeah. the tide. Oh, no. I'm looking at tripod upgrade. Put it I think I'm two pounds. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Andy, here's a question for you. Oh, great. Could you tell the difference between 42 pounds and 43 pounds? No. Do you so care? So how much do ounces matter? At that point? I mean, if you think about it. If it add... was 42 pounds to 50 pounds, I'd notice the difference. But 42 to 43 pounds? Yeah. It's not going to be. So you kind of have to learn. It, and it also depends on the gear that I'm bringing and, and what I need and, and what's going to be more important. Yeah, because then once you really boil down your list and you know exactly what you need, then you can play with that number. Yeah. You can be like, okay, I am actually feel like my pack's pretty light for this weather condition or anything. You make, I'm going to add the super down pan. Why? Because it's only 11.5 ounces. Yeah. So it's not even a pound. So the difference between 42 and 43 is... Not noticeable. Oh, so. that's a slippery slope for me. Is it? Yeah. Because then how much stuff do you end up adding? Well, I never, I, I never end up at. Yeah, I cut it off at the necessary line. Yeah. Down and 
after that, I embrace any uncomfortability or difficulty that's faced because I left one other little thing at the truck to save that extra weight, and I'm, like, just stubborn about it. Yeah. Well, a good example for me this year would have been when I was in Montana, and we're packing in, and we're at the trailhead, and I talk to these guys, and and we're hiking in every day. It's five miles in in, and five miles out to where we're hunting. And I tell them all, I'm like, all right, leave the spotters. We don't need them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And spot, that's a lot of weight. You know, a and ton if, of weight. That's if why we don't carry it. If you're, pa- if you're packing out an elk and you don't necessarily need the spotter in the area where you're going to be hunting and your binos will suffice, why are you going to want to pack out an elk or a deer and pack out your spotter too, right? Well, and I mean, yeah. That's that how I start eliminating it. things on, on those type of hunts is like, you know, I, I went in there. My first day, it was like, all right, it's negative 10 at the trailhead. We have to go up 4,000 feet. What's that going to be like when we get up higher? What layers do I need and yeah. what should I have in my pack? Yeah. Well, when I hike in, I'm burning up on the way in. I'm soaked with sweat and I start shedding layers. Yeah. So the next day when I'm going up, it's like, all right, cool. I need my, I don't remember, my, my heavier hoodie, right? And then I was using my Axis jacket and my pants and I love the Kenai zip-offs that you no longer have, which you guys need to bring back, but that's a whole other topic. <sighs> and I bring the, the Kenai pants, and then inside my pack, if we're gonna sit in glass, I've got my down jacket, and I've got my down pants. And then there's really, other than game bags and water bottles wrapped inside my down, so my water bottles don't freeze. Oh yeah. There's there's nothing there's nothing else in there because I I need the room for packing out meat. Yeah, exactly. And when we when we start hiking in, we are banking on and planning on not leaving until we've killed something. Yeah. Like we pretty yeah. much feel like every time we leave the truck, we're coming back to the truck with Heavy. an animal. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and that's part and of it's the kind plan, of a confidence mentality, but it's also a reminder that if it requires going another ridge beyond what you expected or two, I'm not going to let some extra heavy junk that I'm not going to end up needing the slow me down the from doing what I'm going Build out here to Build your gear list with the intention of carrying out meat. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Absolutely. You hope that it's always downhill. <laughs> but but it's sometimes not. it's not. Sometimes it's up and over and yeah. up and over and so, up. So <laughs> for us, you take the 15s, and then that's all you take. You don't have a spotter. Well, there you saved almost two pounds. Yeah, two and a half. So we put in the uh, advertisement for this thing we're doing tomorrow that we're going to cover some ultralight philosophy. Do you think that this would be a good topic to Absolutely. tangent into? Absolutely. Right? I mean, that's... That would be from, and it's exactly what we're all talking about, but it's not something that I think about when I'm explaining to someone why I'm packing my pack the way that I'm packing it for that day. Yeah. It's, that's never like, oh, let me tell you about why I'm cutting everything that I can, because in my mind, 90% of the time, no matter what, I'm coming out heavy. And if I'm coming out heavy, I don't, you know, it's like the day when Anthony and I doubled up on the top of the mountain, you know, we were lucky that we left 90% 90% of everything and had empty packs when we were in the mountain because we doubled up and that was two deer. We weren't going to go five miles oh, no. in 
and then go back in five miles the next day, and especially my ankle was broken, but... Yeah. No, you know, let me like, pitch you this. Like, you wear the... Like, the ultralight philosophy of it all is, like, the Axis jacket is a good example. Mm-hmm. I mean, for us, it doesn't make sense for being ultralight that you're going to bring the Axis jacket, but if it comes down to it, you still need a rain jacket. Yeah. So, I mean, for us, it's like, why would I pack something extra when I need my insulation piece and my rain jacket? Yeah. That's going to do the same thing, so, and I still want to have both. Well, so then let me ask you this. In that circumstance, instead of bringing the Axis jacket, would you have brought a rain layer to wear over your hoodie instead of having an Axis jacket? Because the oh, rain yeah. layer is going to be yeah, exactly. a windbreak yeah, yeah. and a waterproof. That's what he's getting at. Is yeah. we're, we're still packed, even, even with that technology, um, we feel that... Uh, Which, but I mean, for the weight that we're carrying, yeah, the performance of still taking the ultralight hard shell rain jacket in conjunction with a standalone insulation piece underneath it is the smarter move. Yeah, yeah, and it's taking into consideration how you run when you're hiking. Like, I'm not going to have a soft shell on when I'm yeah. hiking because I get too hot. Yeah, but then when I get cold, I'd rather have an insulation piece and a rain jacket. Yeah. Because the rain jacket's going to be my waterproof piece. So now, you kind of have multi-different uses. And for your windstopper. And your windbreaker and all that kind of so stuff. So for an so, insulation piece, are you talking a hoodie or are you talking a Kenai jacket? Uh, for, I usually super like down. to have my insulation piece have a hoodie. Super down. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Super down. Okay. And I the like super down and the down ultras. Hood, but I don't want my mid-layer to have a hood because then next thing you know, you've got a bunch of hoods when you have it all on. And <laughs> most hunts, at some point, you have it all on. And if you've got all these hoods you got to put on. Yeah. So, you know, you kind of pick which piece has a hood. So then when you have your hood on, maybe it's just your down hood and your rain hood. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be enough to keep your head warm with a beanie. Yeah. So it's just to be kind of just thinking about every single tiny little aspect of it. and Which is goes back to Stu's point, you only get from experience. Yeah. Exactly. Of going out there being like, wow, I took that piece four times and I really never used it. Yeah, in Kodiak, there were a couple of times I go, I'm fucking hot. I brought way too much shit. <laughs> and like you know down to the point with Todd it's we're going out to hunt whatever day it was he's got his bone saw I'm putting my bone saw in my pack he goes what are you doing and I go put my saw on he goes I have mine why are you going to bring yours yeah I'm like uh, okay <laughs> I took it out yeah. I was like alright well hey we only need one yeah. for me I'm kind of yeah I just, man bone saws <clears throat> Todd drills holes in the handles of his to uh, cut yeah. weight. I mean, we don't even take a bone yeah, saw. Yeah, we, we, we were packing a bone saw in that Kodiak. Because we're day hunting. You have to do it quickly, too. On and the and we, don't have the res- we don't have a camp on our back. It's it's long day hunts. And and, uh, you, and you needed the bone in to get it, you know, hang it up on the thing. and Yeah. The zip, rest of it, you can, we've ribs. done it so many times, you just take the back strap off. And yeah. yeah. Todd showed us all how one day you could take the ribs off with a Havilon. Yeah, mm-hmm. I learned a lot about the back. Yeah, so country. most of the time when we go back, we don't even take a saw. So you, when you say the, are you talking about the bones, or are you just talking about a rib roll? Oh, as far as taking the ribs off yeah, with the Havilon? Yeah, oh, bone in. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. A joint yeah. in the back, and you push down, you can just put the Havilon no, Yeah, we, we kept all the rib meat off those deer up there. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it, it was like when, when we did my elk... You know, we just rib rolled it all the way out and left all the bones on the mountain. Oh, yeah. You get what I'm saying? No, we kept bone in on yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. Just because we got to go back to the boat. And once you start cutting the meat off the ribs, you're exposing more so edible meat yeah. to air. Yeah. And then by the time 
four or five, six days go by, it's just that much more shrinkage. Not much so. of a point in taking rib meat if you just cut it all off the bone. Yeah. Because it's so small, eventually it's like... It's not really going to Well, then you get if you lay it out, boat, it's you get home up. a while later and it's yeah. like, oh, cool, the jerky's done. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right? So, before we wrap this up, May 4th, you guys have an event coming up. The Mountain Academy, yeah. The Mountain Academy. How's that shaping up this year? Pretty good? It's, yeah, I mean, last gosh, year's was epic. I had it's such kind a great time. the morph time. of the garage sale, so we've got, we've been planning these things for five years. Yeah, we've gotten pretty good at it. Yeah, and Ben and I are kind of like the top, the lead planners for those events because we came up with the original idea for the garage sale, mm-hmm. for the first garage sale, and uh, so it's it's a lot easier for us now, and we know that there's going to be a great turnout, and there's more and more all the time, and uh, yeah, you know, you bring in the knowledgeable people who have knowledge to pass on, and yeah, I mean, if it, if you have a weekend, you can come drive out and learn something for free. Yeah. Free tacos. Yeah. I mean, if anything, come for free tacos. Yeah, totally. You don't have to listen to anybody. The tacos are amazing, too. Discount in the showroom. I yeah. Mean, if you're interested, it's, it's worth it. And then following that, May 18th is going to be a QU pack race. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm training up. And yeah, that, yeah, that's going to be as well. Tell people about it now because you'll probably put this out. Before well, yeah, this then. is this is all going to come out before uh, May fourth. That's why I want to talk about May fourth, and I yeah. want to talk about the pack the pack race. Yeah, so uh, we at Kuyu wanted to have uh, some involvement at uh, Adrian and Hans' event. The well, they've been coming West Coast Archery Last yeah, Chance years. Broadhead Shoot, and so um, at the Sheep Show they do a pack race. Mm-hmm. Uh, a mountain pack race outside in the morning, and then they do the nighttime one. And uh, I did both this year because it's sheep show. You gotta, you gotta Indulge. go, you gotta go hard. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm like, man, uh, we should sponsor a pack race at the West Coast Archery Shoot. So on Saturday, um, we're I'm, what we're thinking is about a five mile uh, weighted pack race, fifty pounds for men, uh, thirty five pounds for women. And we'll incorporate a tough 3D archery shot, about one per mile. Um, so everyone will pack their bows. They'll be a station to shoot with a time bonus, depending on the accuracy shot of your placement. shot. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's what we're thinking. That's cool, man. Yeah. That, I'm really excited for that. I'm not going to run it, but I'll, I'll watch. You'll watch. I'll watch everybody I mean, run it and judge their shots. Yeah, I, I hope a lot of people come out about for shooting? it. No. Why aren't you going to do it? Because i got way too much stuff going on that day. Uh, yeah, he's head you're coordinator. Like, oh, I don't yeah. know what you're talking about. He'll be flip-flopping, not... bebopping, <laughs> socializing. Beatboxing. <laughs> yeah, we know the feeling. We'll be the, the, doing the same thing at the Mountain Academy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. We wouldn't yeah. be able to do an event at Yeah, at Well, that. do a Fol- seminar. You're like, following, you're in the fucking way. I gotta, the shitters are full. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the trash needs to be taken to the dumpster and the bag replaced. Yeah. Right. The uh, following the pack race, we're gonna do a blood tracking seminar. We're gonna do an advanced hunters education, roughly two hours, and we're gonna do a pack seminar. We're gonna do not a pack seminar. What am I talking about? The one I'm doing? No, 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 no. no. We're gonna do. Uh, uh, I'm, my blood brain's trailing. all fucked up. We're gonna do blood trailing. Thank you. Oh right, well, yeah, don't worry. We've only been talking for like four hours. I know, I know. <laughs> we're gonna do a blood trailing seminar, which is gonna fall into. A skinning and ground care, field care of your game. 
um, skinning it out in the field and then ground quartering it up, throwing it in meat sacks and putting in your pack and packing it out. Oh man, nice. So it'll be, you know, we'll go from a pack race. Do you want us oh, to like dang. stand there and we can stand there and like throw like harsh criticism at people? I, oh, oh yeah. Oh man. Put the backcountry butcher. <laughs> How in there. awesome would it be to have a uh, full um, skinning, quartering, and boning out and loading a pack race? If we could get enough animals, that yeah, would be great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, it's more theoretical, hog. but it'd be everybody, an awesome competition. Everybody bring your own hog and we're going to have this competition. <laughs> right? That's actually not a... I mean, like, I feel like that's a feasible... That'd be so fun. Maybe not this year, but I feel like that, that's... Yeah, let's take it easy. So for this year, <laughs> I'll also do a uh, pack seminar at that event. Yeah. And basically... Uh, it's it's basically going to be the same as what we're doing at the Kuyu office tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Just going over, uh, here's my pack for five days on a backcountry archery deer hunt. And I'm going to go unload everything, talk about the weights, the gear choices, and, and ask people to uh, ask questions. Yeah, interact. And next thing you know, an hour goes by and people uh, seem to be appreciative. So yeah. why not? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's going to be a really good event. I'm excited for it. So, you guys have any concluding thoughts before we close this guy out? Oh, no. no. See you all next time. I'm sorry for taking over your Don't podcast, Ben. No, that's fine. Wasn't going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Thanks for tuning in to the show, folks. If you'd like to check us out online, our website is www.theflipflopguide.co. You can find out all the information you need to have your own flip-flop in your own backyard. We encourage this, and we'd love to see this happening in every backyard across America. You can purchase our sauces that have been cranking out flip-flops from my grandfather since the 1960s. If you had trouble filling your tags this year, we also have available on our website Maui Nui Axis Deer Legs. They're 100% USDA approved and ready for your consumption. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram at the flip flop guy. We hope you have a great day. Thanks for tuning in and don't forget to smash that subscribe button.